0: cap get cap get cat get cat
1: Welcome to GADCast. Uh, sorry about that last house band. Uh, one before them forgot to take their hypnosil and died horribly in their sleep. The whole GADCast crew is here tonight. We have Andy. Andy, say um, hello. Hello. Um, Adam, say uh, Adam. Fuck no. <laughs> and we have a guest tonight. Uh, his name is Rapid Randy. Randy, would you like to introduce yourself?
2: Yes. Rapid Randy, an old friend of Adam's. Hi, um, Randy. Hi. Uh, This is actually the first time we've hung out in probably 15 years. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, catching up to do. That's
3: how great I am at hanging on to friends.
2: (laughs) But yeah, uh, people may know me from 12, 13 rock shows, in all-ages venue in Anniston, Alabama. A bunch of other bands that I played in as well, like Backseat Virgins and Model Citizen. Uh, NC-17. The Nicotines. <laughs> Nicotines, <laughs> yeah.
3: Board of Ed.
2: Board of Education, my first band. There might be 20 people that know about that. That's
1: a cool name. Though. There was
2: actually a band in Atlanta yeah. at the same time called Board of Education.
3: Really? Was it spelled the same way? Yeah. Like, like not Yeah, and like, of, like I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> That's so rad. Already.
2: Yeah, we were pretty cool. I liked the band a lot. It was super cool, but... Uh, It was kind of stupid at the same time, too. Uh, Like, our singer didn't really have written lyrics. So (laughs) we'd come to practice, and he'd just, you know, it'd sound awesome. Vocal lines would sound amazing. (laughs) We'd just be like, yeah. And then when we'd get it recorded on, like, a Magnavox thing and uh, (laughs) come home, I'd be like, what are you saying, man? (laughs) (laughs) And I still don't know to this day. But...
1: It's just a mystery. I think
3: y'all were in that band when I first met you, when we first met. We first met. Really? I think we first met in the parking lot of the Quintard Mall, I believe. I want to say that. Wow. Because back then, it's still sort of this way, but back then, punk rockers or anybody who had the least bit of interest in underground music were so few and far between that, like, even if you hated music, like okay, if you were squarely into pop punk, you'd see a hardcore guy and you'd still approach him. And yes. Like, hey, man. Yes. Like you know, like you'd be like, I hate Agnostic Front, but <laughs> holy shit, you're an Agnostic Front shirt, so we gotta be together. So.
2: And even more, if you saw somebody with a shirt of a band you like freak out and you would become instant best friends imagine
3: there was a time when somebody wearing a ramones shirt automatically meant you could be friends yeah it's not like that's the way it was yeah no (laughs) that means they went to walmart exactly
1: i'm kind of still that way though i see a ramones shirt and i'm like yeah but but, you know i'm like a puppy yeah but that's that's
3: (laughs) that's literally like how it's hard to describe i was thinking about that the other day like you just see a guy walking around with a purple mohawk and you'd be like I have to go talk to him. I mean, I'm, I was a shy person who didn't mm. go up and talk to people. I'd be like, shit, this is all I got. I right. have to go talk to him, even though I have nothing. To, it's kind of like me interviewing people now. <laughs> like, I mean, I know Randy, but, but like interviewing people, like I'll be like, okay, I have to interview Michael Graves. Fuck.
4: I'm shy
2: and, <laughs> yeah, I was it's... looking at the zine while I was on the pooper. Yes. And um, took a photo of it and put it mm. on Instagram for everybody. All but. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but uh, yeah, I was reading. uh, I saw you had a interview with him. I was like, man, you Mm -hmm. get some really good stuff here with the zine. Proud of you, man.
3: Thank
2: you. Um, you. Never really listened to his stuff though. I. He was the singer for the Misfits. Yeah, the in the eighties version, the the nineties nineties version. version. Yeah, Yeah.
3: reformed in ninety five. His when they came through in ninety five through Birmingham at five points that. Mm for a lot of people that was like a massive massive important punk rock show for people because people who even hated that version of the Misfits saw, went to see him play like I'm going to go watch the Misfits suck <laughs> and then they put on like this fantastic like high energy amazing show and then they came back for Famous Monsters and they were like I don't want to be here and the audience is like me neither and it's like Earth Crisis is opening for us and this isn't as good as the last show
4: <laughs> I being
3: mean to Earth Crisis but it was just kind of like I was just watching like like when they came before, it was uh, the Misfits, it was uh, opening for the Misfits were uh, Marky Ramone and the Intruders in H2O, and it was the oh, first wow. version of Mark, it was it was the second version of Marky Ramone, Marky Ramone and the Intruders, but they were playing a lot of songs from the first album, hmm. which is a little bit more, I guess, less weird, bad pop punk. I remember I let you borrowed my the second album, you had it for like a long time, and you finally <laughs> gave it back to me. And you're like, I don't really dig it, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, and thinking back now, I, I forgot all about. Him yeah. even having an album. But um, Marky
3: wasn't very... Marky would try to be funny, and he's not very funny. Marky's usually a serious guy. Yeah, but he, he, he's, he, he's supposed to be like a jokester, but he's not funny. Like the last Ramones album, he wrote the song, uh, Have a Nice Day. And it's like, eh, and then you read, <laughs> uh, I don't know if they can hear the face I made. but, <laughs> but yeah, and It's then, a great but, face. But so, if yeah. you look at like the back cover art for their second album both of these albums are compiled together on one Marky Ramone album now but mm. uh, there's actually a song on the first album called Man of God that's really good that Marky sings on and it's actually kind of neat but anyway the uh, but the second album like you flip it over and it's like a fake it's, 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 it has a pill on the front of it and it's like the answer to your problems or something I can't remember what the name of it was but if you flip it over it has like a cartoon image of like a pill bottle and hmm. you look at like the joke names on there and it's like Dr. Smiles McFrown Mm. and it's like that's like anti that's like a black hole to comedy that's like anti-comedy yeah. it's like anti-matter that's anti-comedy <laughs> like get it his thing. His doctor smiles McFrown. I found <laughs> I, was,
2: <laughs> I found the Marky Ramon book in the Dollar Tree a few months ago yeah
3: I have his if it is like his autobiography yeah it's actually surprisingly really good
2: I haven't touched bad. it no yeah. it's,
3: it's not bad and I've uh, I at that show I bought a uh, a marked down Marky Ramone the Intruder's t-shirt I loved it it had like a splotch on it Hmm. but I loved it I wore the shit out of it and it got lost in a I kept leaving close to the laundromat and people take off I had Ramone's final tour shirts those got stolen I had a rock and roll high school shirt you probably remember me wearing those I had a rock and roll high school shirt Ramone's final tour shirt all those
2: stolen that's probably where we bonded was the Ramone's
3: Jesse
1: hates the Ramones. No, they're
2: actually.
3: It's like fuck those guys playing fast. Why don't they slash it down?
1: I've (laughs) had to defend them to so many people. They're like they're just cheap three chord, you know, blah blah. It's like, dude, okay, you like the Clash, but you don't like the Ramones. It's like, do you just not like fun? Is that what it is? Is it has to be serious all the time? I don't like fun. The complaint that they were, you know, simple musicians.
2: I mean, come on. Like the downstrokes, mm-hmm. way to do it how they do it. It's. Yeah, not I mean, if you play it as fast as they did, like listen to the live album mm-hmm. when they were on top of the game. Like, there's yeah. nobody since then that could play that fast. That has maybe teenage bottle rocket. Mm-hmm. I was actually really fast at downstrokes at one point.
1: I can't
3: even see yeah, that. So
5: and uh, Adam does the, the downstrokes. Yeah, I'm but. all, all
3: downstrokes. I know. I can't keep up. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck I can do an upstroke here. Like, it's cheat. I've been losing my touch with it lately. That's why we got to get the youngsters playing. But, like, <laughs> Andy does up and down. But for years now with our stuff, it's been usually my guitar with all the downstroming, and then whoever else plays might do. Up and down and I feel like well that just gives it a big full sound so that works for us. We're not trying to be the Ramones anyway. You yeah. Know, you know, because
2: I mean, you get it's a sound yeah. of power when yeah. you're you doing all downstrokes. Yeah.
5: I mean it's like I sorted out like playing ska, like really well I mean like ska punk.
4: When I play when
3: I play ska I only do down down strokes. <laughs> it's, all, it's all up strokes yeah, though isn't yeah. it that's why my ska you, is a very good you issue. can you just
1: gotta like be really <laughs> awkward with yeah. it let see like uh reggae's
2: downstrokes yeah. and ska's upstrokes, uh-huh. right yeah yeah i do i do upstrokes
1: for all that ska, yeah, ska's perkier
2: yeah i always wanted to be in a ska band it's man i fell for it hard back around i guess like real big fish around mm-hmm. that goldfinger yeah i'm saying some bands that i, I shouldn't be saying but man people. like <laughs> i love all yeah, those I love bands I was, I was thinking about goldfinger the other day and i was like man goldfinger was pretty good
3: they were huge for like a nanosecond that album were, I mean, mtv mtv huge. huge i guess yeah. yeah
1: the album with like here in your bedroom and like all that with the chick, chick with the ray yeah. guy on the front i loved it adam's looking at me with pure hatred yeah. in his eyes <laughs> i used to sit around with my brother ryan
2: we would play tetris for hours mm-hmm. sitting with that first goldfinger album over and over <laughs> again <So laughs>
1: I, I was like really big into like slapstick because um, like Lawrence arms and alkaline Trio kind of you know out from that band and then um like uh of course operation fucking ivy yeah and um like i don't know no, I there's s- ivy. so many bands yeah everyone's like but says, my
3: favorite off ivy song is like their Lee ska song it's the crowd Crowd to me is better than everything else. The crowd did. is a really That's good song. That's way better than anything else they did, and it's the Lee Scott. So it's like, oh yeah.
1: I still like what he did after. i would be like, Common Rider was still good to me.
3: Yeah, it's all right. I haven't listened to much Common Rider though. I, have I haven't back. either. I have to go back. That was one of those like, unless you were really deep in the scene or knew the right person, you'd be like, I wonder whatever happened to Jesse? <laughs> you know, unless you're really like reading all the bright zines and stuff, you're just yeah. some podunk kid. I'm like, the Jesse guy. I think he may have died.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, we just. I remember hearing things like drugs
2: were really bad going on there. Um, I don't know why, but I always felt 15 kind of sounded like them in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I booked the lead singer of 15 in Birmingham at a coffee shop, I think it was, uh, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, He did an acoustic thing and he had. A book coming out yeah and uh, he's a really nice guy I can't remember his name right now save my life but that happens
3: uh, the second swipe it's the microphone Frankie.
2: yeah like, it's, it's my friend I still remember it's the like, story he told name? me I don't know if this is legal now but at the time he was saying like yeah if any show ever gets canceled like from my acoustic tour we just go to like a laundromat and uh, he's like it's actually legal <laughs> <laughs> you can you can sit in there and play guitar and uh, people can come and watch you I'm what? like what? and he's like yeah the police can't kick you out of a laundromat <laughs> now I don't think he was talking about setting up a full band yeah, uh, like, right, guitar, like but band. what was mm-hmm. cool right after he played all of his new songs acoustically there that night um, he was going to put it into practice for us he was like I see this Catholic church down the street. Let's sneak in. And there were like 10 of us going with him, and I don't know why the doors were open. I guess some churches <laughs> leave their churches doors, the doors I end. mean, it was like 2 or 3 then, in the then, morning. Then
3: people who were kids when we were kids yeah. changed. Messed. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that exactly I'm,
2: I'm a country boy, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they yeah. locked those places up. At oh, night. yeah. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so we went in there, and— I still remember that was one of the coolest things ever. He played like some of the old 15 songs and uh everybody was singing along. It was like a religious experience really? right in the <laughs> middle of a church. It was, was like echoing that. and it was dark. We had a couple so of those candles. It the best acoustics.
3: The church has got the best acoustics. It
2: was really amazing. Awesome.
1: It was much better than the show he just played to really? like five I, I people, bet. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would be really intimately, like, cool. Because, I mean, there's places like, you know, the Tabernacle and stuff, but, um, you know, they've been, they've been used for this venue for a long time, so.
2: If that happened today, it'd be all over YouTube tomorrow, but yeah, I, I don't know
1: if anybody, Yeah, then they'd you know, lock their doors after that. Yeah, they would. <laughs> like, here's the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> and then.
3: Ah, yeah. uh, YouTube. Let's talk about YouTube.
2: Let's no, talk let's about talk. YouTube because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm addicted to it right now. I go down rabbit holes on that son of a gun, man. Yeah,
3: it's
2: terrifying.
1: I'll be on there for 12 hours.
3: I'll just be like, oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's scary.
1: (laughs) So you're doing some music recently, right?
2: Um, I'm planning to do a lot of things this year, and I'm pretty late on those plans. Damn YouTube. Yes. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I did – I guess that was this year when I put out the Widowmaker uh, thing. Yeah, it was Um, March.
3: Because I just got finished. I was looking it up telling them about it. It was March.
2: I put it out like a couple days after I recorded it. My younger brother was in town, which we've always been in bands together. He was in Nicotines and NC-17. Uh, I still have
3: an old black and white picture of him that Ash Nagasaki took. It still keeps – it just floats around in my house. I keep finding it in another box (laughs) for a zine that never happened, you know. (laughs)
2: It's weird. Me and him kind of fell out of music at the same time. It's been about 10 years since I did anything, you know, on the regular.
4: Yeah.
1: So what were your, like, inspirations for this new project, or was it just kind of like something some organic thing that grew, you know? I did have some new inspirations this
2: time around. came across this movie called um, Call Me By Your Name. Did really well at all the... Award shows. I think it was last year. Yeah. Um, and I heard there was this dance scene, and I was just, like, entranced by the song that was being played and the goofy dance moves that the star was doing. I was just yeah. like, oh, this is so <laughs> brilliant. <man." laughs> so I heard the song during the dance scene Yeah. where the kid's watching the guy. He's kind of falling in love with him at that point. Psychedelic furs. Uh, not my style of music ever in my life, but I heard it. Yeah, heard that song, and I was just like, man, that's really fucking cool. And so I went down the rabbit hole on YouTube and started watching all the bands around that kind of style. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, I think I can do something. I want to do something super different. And so I just went with it. And I had my mom in there too. Mm-hmm. I, was That's just, just, to yeah, I was just like, you guys do whatever. Just keep saying this thing over and over again. Yeah, just came together that night. Had an auto harp, which I'd never played on. In, <laughs> yeah, never played before on a recording. Had some fake drums going on. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really, really out there for something that,
3: you know. It's definitely different. For- for, yeah, for, what, for you definitely, and it's, it's different anyway. It's very sparse, but there's a lot going on. Yeah, get what I'm saying? I guess it sort of kind of reminds me in some ways of some productions from Martin Hannett, even though it doesn't sound like that, like the guy who did Joy Division. and Yeah, yeah, early, I can see that early psychedelic furs actually. Yeah, I definitely, early a lot YouTube, of bands in there, uh-huh. like TikTok Clock. He did that.
1: Yeah, I got a very like that. 80s vibe from it, very trippy. Martha and the
2: Muffins.
3: Maybe. What about them? (laughs)
1: Um, That was another band
2: during that time that blew me away. It was like uh, after the Psychedelic Furs video would go off and be like, okay, well, maybe you'll like this. You know how it Mm -hmm. goes. And I got into that one real real good. It was called uh, Echo Beach. Hmm. God, what a song, man. And so I just kept discovering all these songs from the 80s that were just kind of not number one hits, but. They yeah. were in there somewhere. There was all these
3: like almost hit side hits. That, yeah. And it's just like, how is this?
2: It's so fun yeah. to find that kind <clears> of, <throat> of stuff. So I opened my mind up to it and I don't know, just want to do something different.
3: I was going to say, that's one way me and you always got along. Was the 80s were absolutely not cool in the 90s. The 80s <laughs> were not cool at all. No. But, but we both liked the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> we liked a lot of stuff that was from the '80s, but
2: but we didn't like the same stuff. From the no, 80s. we didn't like the same stuff. I liked it, like you like, like poison and, and, and yeah. Bon Jovi. Yeah. I was like nope. Guns N' Roses. Yeah,
3: I was I was a new wave guy. <laughs> I, like new wave. I still think Cindy Lauper was hot. God, we talked about Guns N' uh, Roses and Rose Cyndi Lauper. Uh,
1: yeah, I love New Wave, man, uh, and Synth Pop. I, just, I guess it is New just, Wave, the just, kind just, of stuff that I was getting into. I could just yeah, stare at Cyndi Lauper
3: fucking Axl Rose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I> mean, shit. <laughs> shit, dude, I love the B-52s, and that's like... I weird. love
2: the B-52s. That's another band during that time frame that I fell in love with because I didn't realize how great some of their non-hits were from the first... First out. Yeah, if you, you just know? get
3: to see some of their like later hits, you'd think I'm almost as like a novelty band more than a yeah band. Yeah, because I'm a
2: huge on. fan of the Nowhere Squares yeah. in Birmingham. Oh, yeah, no,
3: they're fantastic. We yeah. did a – Tiger Hillside did a show with them uh, out here. It was supposed to be Studio B, but it was like moved to another location. Really? Yep. yep. we played a show with them. I've got a few of their CDs in there. Actually,
2: Board of Education, that was one of our first shows we played were the Nowhere Squares. Uh, we used to play American Beat in Birmingham. And then the guy that, on that, Russell, after he got kicked out of town or something, he started doing shows in a hotel there in Birmingham. And uh, we played it. That's the first time I ever played with Nowhere Squares. And then I started having them at twelve thirteen a lot and became really close with those guys over the year. Yeah, their drummer passed away. Yeah. Um, yeah, that
3: was a year ago, something like yeah,
2: last year. spin. So
3: it's been pretty recent, but.
2: yeah. I didn't find out until months later because right. I just stopped looking at Facebook yeah. for a while, and just yeah. Uh, if, you, if
3: you take a break, you come back and you're like, "What all has happened? happening?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Start finding out so today,
2: like, many suicides. Yeah. yeah, his case was not a suicide. No, no. I want to make that clear. Um, he loved life. He was a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get on Facebook every few days now, and it's like suicide no celebrity or if it's a yeah. friend yeah. of a friend and somebody or, yeah. man and well, it's, we,
3: it, we it, had a lot of overdoses happening and just the thing is as the zines gotten bigger we open up to more people and then we find out about more people dying and then for a while there, there was like three issues of the zine that had had some like a, a remembrance to somebody on there and wow yeah.
1: and if it's, it's not yeah if it's not a suicide it's um it's a symptom of depression that yeah. like calls to death like a drunk driving accident or something you know yeah. like
3: it's a lot just, of that kind just of stuff. Crazy. Just,
1: uh, yeah. That's one thing that
2: people really need to look at mental health closer. And it's just not something people talk about. It's like, oh, well, there was a school shooting.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Or, uh, okay, we found this illegal guy that killed this beautiful young lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not because he was here
1: illegally. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 wrong with him. There was yeah. something yeah. mentally wrong with the guy. Yeah, I don't think people understand that immigrants are just people that used to be over there and then now they're here. But, like, yeah, as far as mental health goes, people don't want to talk about mental health care yeah. because they think they're going to have to pay for it.
3: Well, pundits who are uh, pushing back against gun control, mm. they always say it's a mental health issue, but most of them they won't weren't it. Were not doing anything to help mental health in the first place. No, they
4: they refuse. So that's the,
3: that's that's where it is. It's like the only time they want to talk about mental health is when they're pointing the blame at something else. Yeah. And I guess. the and they're not they're just using it to to as a diversion. They are not actually mm. wanting to help people. Yeah, it's like, you know, I've never I've never seen and I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but a lot of these, the, the big right-wing uh, commentators from these different organizations, I haven't yeah. seen them donate a whole bunch of money to mental health science or anything like that.
2: Well, and, I don't think uh, liberals are either. No, they're not either.
3: I mean, it they're occasionally comes up, no, they like don't, mental they don't, health. They don't have an interest mm-hmm. in, doing, in, in actually doing that. The difference with the liberal side is they're not trying to use it as a scapegoat. They're just ignoring it. <laughs> when a
2: kid goes in and kills a bunch of kids, yeah, nobody ever blames the parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They blame the kid. Yeah. That kid was, you know, almost in every case. There may be a few cases where they actually mm-hmm. were serial killers yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, But most of the time, these kids were bullied, and yeah. they had bad parenting.
3: I, th- I think back to some they, of my friends in high school, and I, I wonder— like, not my friends, but, like, the friends of friends, the, the the French guys who'd be hanging out with my friends, and I'd be like, if they were in a school today, would they be, like, a school shooter or an almost school shooter or something mm-hmm. like that? Because there's a lot of almost school shooters. There's a lot of guys who almost shot up a school, and then something stopped them from doing it. They talked them out of it.
2: Wow. You know? I had a horrible high school yeah, experience. I really did. Um you know, I got PTSD to this day. Yeah. I got depression, anxiety. I quit school because of my anxiety.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, I never felt like I wanted to kill anybody, but was I angry with people who were bullying me? Yeah. yeah. And I brought that with me into adulthood. Mm-hmm. I really did. I channeled in music. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what Board of Education was all about. We were angry at the coaches who were also teachers and had no idea what they were doing. And, um, you know, they were the same ones encouraging the behavior of the students, the bullying, literally, Yeah. in PE class. They were – I don't like talking about it too much, but uh, one of my PE teachers – Called me Speedy because I was the slowest to go around the gym yeah. and when we would run.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some.
2: Okay. Um, but there was a guy slower than me. Yeah. Called him Sasquatch. Uh, <laughs> for short, Sass. Ooh. So he would lead the students as everybody's waiting. They've already finished their lap. Yeah. He would lead them into a. Uh, Sass, come on, Sass, let's go,
3: Sass, let's uh, go, Speedy. Yeah. I mean, I also want to point out that uh, no matter what, there was always going to be a slowest.
1: Yeah, there's got to be a slowest.
3: There always will be a slowest. Yeah. There's so always no going to be what, a last there person. Al- there was always yeah. going to be a Speedy, and there's always going to be a Sass. Yeah. The well, like thing Mar- is, so there was. It's not even like you were going to encourage them. If they, in some sick way, it's not like you were gonna encourage them to be faster. There's always going to be a slow person.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, I've dealt with mental health issues since, like, seventh, eighth grade. Like, when I started out in school,
1: like, elementary school, I was top A student. Yeah, mm-hmm. And a lot of insurance policies don't even cover mental health. And especially, like, at
2: that
4: well, young that of an that,
1: age. Uh, now that they mess
2: with the Obamacare thing, mm-hmm. like, I've noticed that a lot of people's insurance now is a so there's a higher copay, like 40 dollars a
1: visit now when it Mm -hmm. used to be free Mm -hmm. and they they, uh that alabama could have expanded medicaid they didn't there's all sorts of things that could be done especially in our state that are just like i I think we're on the bottom of the list as far as mental health care goes and health care in general instead we want to point the finger and go like well
2: Those are murderers. Those are bad people. Mm -hmm. They're not like us. They're not true Americans and stuff. It's like, we are all the same people, man. We We just were brought up differently. We saw different things. Mm -hmm. You know, it depends. What did you see when you were younger, you know? Did you not see a lot of trauma? Did you not see a lot of abuse in your family? You're probably going to grow up pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, probably be pretty studious. But if you live out in a poor neighborhood and you see violent killings when you're six years old and stuff, like okay,
3: you're gonna come out a little bit more violent probably. Yeah. And, <laughs> or polar opposite where you're just in a shell,
5: you know.
1: And there's a lot of anti science in Alabama to where they think that mental disorders don't exist. And I don't know if you guys have come in contact with it as much as I have Absolutely. But it is rapid yeah. and like rabid on Sand Mountain, like People just don't think that mental disorders are a thing. Um, they think that it's all spiritual. Like you, know, you, just, don't go you just don't go to church. Yeah, just don't go to church.
2: Yeah, I remember when Kurt Cobain died. Uh, I can't remember if it was like a Friday or Saturday. I don't remember. I but, I but anyways, remember. it was
3: it was close to my birthday. I knew it was in April. I was I, my birthday presents were all like magazines with Kurt Cobain on the cover.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was a, I wasn't a huge fan yeah. at the time he died, but I became a huge fan after *In Utero* came out because yeah, I, re- I really liked that. I, re- I
3: really loved his, uh, his. People don't talk enough about his guitar work. I really liked his guitar work.
2: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I love. I love Nirvana. He's just a normal guy, man. And um, I remember I had to go to a Baptist church when I was younger. That's where my folks made me go.
3: Yeah, I remember. I remember us having. You probably know where church, I'm but, going with you're this. Because you're kind of sort of pushing away, but still in it. When yeah. You, we were hanging out a lot.
2: Yeah. I'm an open book, and I'll tell you everything about my life, just because I want people that may be suffering from the same things I've suffered. To know, like, there's yeah. somebody out there that's kind of pushing through it, you yeah. know. Found a way out. But, um, yeah, I remember the preacher that Sunday after Kurt Cobain died. He was... Um, spent the entire sermon demonizing Kurt Cobain as a person. And I called him out on it. Mm. I was probably, like, 13 or something. (laughs) You know, you're walking out, and he's always, like, shaking the hand of everybody Mm. that's walking out, you know. And I called him out on it, and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, son, you know, you just don't understand right now,
4: you know. Yeah. Um, he
2: was a used car salesman, by the way. <laughs> and uh, when my uh-huh. grandfather died, who was a member of the church, he wouldn't leave his car lot that Sunday to do the funeral. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? So I that was kind of the last straw with me and religion. Yeah. But
1: yeah, yeah. I kind my descent kind of started with uh because of you know my age. I remember when the war in Iraq happened. When George Bush finally was just like, God's telling me to invade Iraq. I mean, I think he like legitimately said that at one point. like, yeah, he um, used God references yeah. a lot. and I was yeah. like, um, bullshit and that I was like fifteen at the time, and that was when you know everything changed for me. Do you think that um playing music has helped your uh, mental uh, state? I wouldn't
2: be sitting here with you, same. I mean, every day. Um, I'm saying because especially being in high school when the when the verbal abuse started happening and the bullying started happening, because uh, me being like a straight-A student and even being popular, no. I mean, I was doing pretty good. And then when high school kicked in, it was like three different schools uh, came together to yeah, that high school. You know, mm. one of those kind of things. So you got a bunch of different new people in there that I didn't know. So, that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I gained a lot of weight because I was so miserable. Yeah, uh, became shy, reserved, um, angry. That's about when I found punk rock. Um, about tenth, eleventh grade, my anxiety had gotten so bad that I would sit in the classroom during classes and beg God for them not to call upon me to read, even just a sentence. Yeah. yeah. Here I am, 20 years later, doing something that would
4: have
1: killed me back in the day. As far as your earlier bands go, um, were they more angry than your later bands, do you oh, think? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So do you Board think you were Ed channeling was... in, like, like, the whole reason we called it Board of Education,
2: it was an attack on the school mm-hmm. musically, a musical attack. Who else was in that band with you? Um, Adam Smith. Um, also, we were all from Heflin, Heflin, Alabama. That's what's up. Um, we can talk about that queer show later. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we should. Jesse hates the queers. Yeah. Um,
4: uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll <laughs> give it all this time. But yeah, I grew up the in. The band. The nice. band, yeah, nice. <laughs> I grew up
2: in uh, Micaville, which is right beside Heflin, yeah. which is actually one of the world's leading Micah producers, mm-hmm. which is the stuff they used to put in makeup. It's like shiny, you know oh, where yeah. Mike is. Yeah. Where was I going? Where, where, where uh, um, we were talking about earlier bands. Who was in your band? Oh, you yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Adam Smith, Nindy's uh, two brothers, Josh and Stephen Payne.
1: Um, was Payne his real name?
2: Oh, last name Payne. Yeah, P A Y. It's fitting though. <laughs> two really cool guys. They were more metal. Mm-hmm. They were into metal, but we met in PE, I think, and I heard them talking about like, I don't know, Metallica or something. Yeah, well, they would always punk,
3: metal and punk didn't have much of a. I mean, because they were both outsider music. Yes. So kind of. Yeah. To, er, if... Yeah.
2: It's I, was at our school. Especially back then, like in a real small town like that. Yeah. You see some, like we were talking about with the shirts earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you see somebody with a Metallica shirt. Yeah. yeah. And you're into Ramones. Mm-hmm. It was still, there was still a connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they may have been the only musicians in that school that could play, you know, hard music. Yeah. You know, rock music. Definitely. And so, I met those two guys and... We just started playing together, and they hated school as well. We're always getting suspended. They were more like troublemakers, just total losers, uh, which they grew um, up to be awesome yeah. people. But
3: yeah. um, you meant total losers in the best
4: possible. Yes, total yeah. losers in, is a compliment. I uh, was a total loser at it's that point too. Yeah,
2: Adam was kind of cool. Uh, people kind of thought he was cool, um, so that gave us a little bit of leniency, I guess. Mm-hmm. But we. Uh, we would write like anarchy symbols on our hands yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> just times. we would, uh, yeah. you couldn't buy like hair dye back in the day, not in the small town. No. So we get like,
3: you have to drive out to Birmingham to get hair dyed. No like, way, like
2: we wouldn't even dyed. do that. Yeah. We'd go buy some paint, yeah, at Walmart and spray paint our hair. Yeah. You know uh, what I'm talking about?
1: How old were you guys?
3: <laughs> do you think about
1: this 17, 16,
2: 17, 18? Yeah.
3: And you see this this little space here. I mean, you can vouch for it. My hairline has not moved that much since no? we last yeah. saw each other. Right? The reason why my hair is like this is from all the crazy shit I put in my hair. Like, I had this little baldy gap coming in right there. And I mean,
2: we did stuff even stupider than yeah. uh, spray paint. I'm talking about, like, acrylic yeah, paint. Yeah, I straight up had acrylic paint. <laughs> I had
3: the blue, blue and purple acrylic paint. I had gum stuck over here because I read an Archie comic that Jughead had gum in his hair when the barber was trying to cut <laughs> it, so I took a bunch of... And just rubbed it in there, and I mean, I just layered it. There was so much stuff, and honestly, you wouldn't think my hair was thinning if I still did my hair like that, because my hair would just be glued on. <laughs> it was. I had the like we we hung out. I had a little super glue in my hair. That's amazing. I heard that Billy Idol did that, and I was like, I'll do that.
2: Yeah, there's there's tons of stories from the time in high school with the Board of Education thing, man. We would. We, the teachers immediately latched on to us like, oh, hell no. They're yeah. fighting back. Like, yeah, no. And um, so they started seeing the anarchy symbols everywhere. And all of a sudden, we're like riding the bus to school one day, and there's this perfect anarchy symbol spray-painted on a stop sign at the uh, football field.
4: Yeah.
2: There's only like three or four people that could have done this. You know? <laughs> I'm like dude adam that's amazing did you do that no josh steven no and i mean it's back in the time we would have been like that was cool dude good job and so we got called to the principal's office they immediately called us out as a band (laughs) and said uh yeah we've got the fbi looking into this matter (laughs) <laughs> and um, they're going to be here in a few weeks to interview you guys about this crime, you know, and we're like, we honestly don't know. Yeah. Like, we can't even spray paint one that looks that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's cool, but we didn't do it. Yeah. And of course, never got interviewed by the FBI. Of course. But, um, <laughs> It was just little tactics like that. Yeah, they do that You stuff. know what I'm talking about? I had, I had
3: the problems in my high school, but ours was like, we, I, we've we talked about him already on here. We had a principal who loved metal, but then when all the metalheads went punk, he couldn't handle it. And he couldn't handle all the preps getting into grunge. <laughs> so we I didn't have a band, but I was always trying to form a band. And that's what, you heard those demos where it's just me playing the guitar. That's when I did that. Yeah. but then we made a zine we made a, that teenage lobotomy zine which yes. you have seen it back in the day oh, yes. and that we had like comics with like pictures of the teacher like one of the teachers who was stupid she, <laughs> was, she was one of those teachers that all the students loved because she acted like she was cool so the students bought into it and she loved dead poet societies on the last day of class everybody <laughs> stood on their desks and shit yeah. but she would do crazy stuff like argue with my teacher because my teacher had taught The kids in her class a word, and a kid suggested to another kid in her class to use that word, and she said, "I don't like your students telling my students words from your class."
1: That's really weird. It was
3: crazy shit like that. I don't like. And she was she was nuts. (laughs) So she was she was awful. But the principal was terrible, and so but what we did was we made a zine, and principal made some reference like, "I heard you guys made a magazine right there, like one of the last days of school." Like, yep. Which should
2: be a positive thing. Like, yeah, it should oh, be. Oh, look. But, look I mean, if he saw it, he
3: wouldn't have thought it was a positive <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> When he saw our, our picture of him, he probably wouldn't have liked it. But
2: I think kids have kind of got it better now. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I
3: don't know. It's Maybe
2: there are some small towns out there like I went to that still okay. kind of like living in the past. But, I mean, I think you can probably
1: go to school with some dyed hair and
3: punk rock clothes. Yeah, they can do that. Rock
1: At my high school, there was no unnatural colors. Anarchy symbol was forbidden. Yeah, in our rule book, you could not wear the anarchy symbol. It could not be showing on anything. Um, And just like weird stuff like that. Of course, no piercings for guys. We got 2,000 signatures. No piercings for guys. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine for girls. Yeah, 2,000 signatures. And my brother also got like 2,000. I'm probably like exaggerating. It's probably like several hundred signatures because there's not even 2,000 people in our fucking Mm -hmm. town. But my brother got a bunch of signatures for a soccer team. Dude, they ripped both of those up. And so my friend just started kept wearing his gauges and eventually yeah. dropped out of school, switched yeah. schools so he could wear his gauges, you know? Well,
3: like. I, I talked before about uh, Ash Nagasaki. He got, at yeah. our school, he got, I think I, I don't think I called him by his stage name. I think I called him by Kevin when we talked about him in the previous episode. But he, uh, so Kevin, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Ash Nagasaki, he got safety pins banned from our school because he was wearing them I and he told uh, some kid was like, you know, what are those all about? And he, he was joking. What is you know, this prison? Of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was, he was joking because you know he had safety pins. And, you know, oh, he which, got something which, sharp. Which, you know, That's dangerous. Know, nice. you, know, you know that Kevin's not. You know that Kevin wasn't like a punk rocker. Yeah, no. more a goth kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, but uh, so he wasn't thinking like I'm like Johnny Rotten, like I yeah. was. He was like going. He was just like I just like them, so I'm wearing them. And talking about on his clothes. Yeah, on his clothes, he had safety pins stuck all over his clothes, and some girls asked him like why he did that and he was joking and he goes like they represent all the souls that i've taken yeah so then it turned into like i had people stopping me in the hallway and they're like the fuck you doing with those souls on your shirt like, <laughs> <fuck laughs> souls? Oh, yeah. well, safety pins stupid <laughs> oh. but he did that he got the safety pins banned and then of course everybody was just wearing paper clips
1: yeah i think <laughs> see, i see it's
2: an over-exaggeration by yeah. the teachers you know
3: yeah mm-hmm. no they're just, they're just afraid and that's it. and there's still some degree of that now. It just they change what they're afraid of. And it always adjusts. And I'm sure, I'm sure kids today just have other stuff bad. Cause like I mean, I took my kids out of school. They're homeschool because I didn't like what was going. on. God school, bless so. you, man. Yeah, yep. I didn't like what was going on with them. So with I'm technology
1: and uh, social media, things are probably pretty bad. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, that than going on on top of what I was going through.
1: I tell you right now, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I probably would have committed suicide. Either that, or I've been posting band song like videos of the band like every day, like trying to fight. You know, I would have been up in a lot of trouble probably. Yeah. Social media. Had happened. I
3: wish I could go back and and just know. I wish I could, if I could, go back and talk to little Adam, which he was still not that little. But I'd tell Adam no. that things like a whole lot of the shit like at the school doesn't matter right and that would make a whole lot of difference like my grades probably would have been about the same if not slightly better Mm -hmm. and just be because I I recognized that some of my teachers were full of shit I knew that that was enough because all it takes is for you to know when you hear somebody be wrong it screws up the rest of what they're saying yes that goes that's kind of like one way that a lot of wow I'm going to go back to the gun argument again but like anti-gun stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of times when there'll be reports that are talking about things about firearms lots of times they get the details wrong on the firearm.
4: Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Well, you just lost anybody who knows anything about firearms. Oh, yeah, totally. I I know this as a son of a gunsmith. So when you're Mm -hmm. watching an expose on television and they get all their information wrong about guns, then it's like you've just shut out the people that you were trying to get through to. Because they they go, well, they must not know anything else either if they don't know that. And that's not the case. They still might have, their statistics mm -hmm. might still be correct. They just don't know about that particular gun but that's where people need to know things but that happened when I was in school like I'd have like a I had a mm-hmm. psychology slash sociology teacher and she's talking about different subcultures and stuff countercultures and we're having to study them and they're talking she's talking about the punkers the punkers are doing this the punkers it's like nobody <laughs> calls them punkers there's nobody called punk well actually mm-hmm. they are it's like I'm a punk rocker <laughs> so it's like they're not punkers and they were talking about skinheads how they did this and that and but in the, the thing, obviously, the original report was about uh like the English form of skinheads. Well, you know what I mean, the non-Nazi skinheads. Yeah, like the yes. sharp, basically. Yeah, and then but then it was but it was it was conflating it with the Nazi skinheads mm. to where it almost didn't even make sense. what We were studying. It's it like it didn't even match. Like, what are they talking about? Like, how are these guys? Yeah, we didn't cover
2: that. That used to be pretty big in Birmingham. Yeah, when we were coming up, skinhead movement. The neo-Nazi movement, Uh, no, like Sharps. Sharps. Although there
3: were some neo-Nazis that came down, I was reading some stuff that uh, Ian Wise was writing. Was it a
2: Slacker '66 venue? I don't know. I think that's what it was called. I think, I think there was a lot going on during that time. I know, I
3: know Sharps. When I was in high school, I know there were a lot of Sharps that would come around the shows and stuff. Because I remember my friends would talk about them messing up shows. Yeah, Yeah, they would. That was at American Beat.
2: Yeah, American Beat was really cool. Yeah, it was like. Tiny, tiny record store.
3: Yeah, but oh. I. Uh,
2: but they would have like Screeching Weasel there. And, yeah, you uh, were a big
3: Screeching Weasel fan back in the day.
2: I'm a huge Screeching remember, Weasel fan still to this day. You
3: were, you're a big fan because I, I, liked Boogada, and you said that was the one you didn't like back then. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's my favorite. Yeah.
2: The Let's one. see. Well, we used to go like Century Plaza in Birmingham, that mall. It used to exist there. Me and Adam, the guy from Board of Ed. He would just, like, take a risk and buy any punk CD you found. Yeah. and The alternative
3: we, section used to be a magical section at the uh, records. Oh, the F alternative F-C-C-Story. music. Cause alternative, You'd go to alternative, and it was everything from... you got to understand, alternative was... People go... Parents go, alternative to what? Or alternative to music? <laughs> and it's like... But it was alternative. Basically, it was like what wouldn't fit in the other categories. Mm-hmm. It was an alternative
2: so, to the mainstream yeah, sound. So
3: you had... You had stuff like you might have Sonic Youth next to the Sex Pistols, next to what? Well, obviously they'd be next to each other. No Affair, but Faith No Faith No More next to Screeching Weasel, the yeah. and Queers, and yeah. Alice in Chains, and then Danzig and Misfits, and all this stuff that, like, because Danzig would end up Danzig sometimes would be put in metal, but sometimes he got fit in there just cause, because of Sam Hain and the Misfits. But all that stuff would be like, so if you thought of alternative as like a genre, it'd be like this is the. Broadest freaking genre mm-hmm. in the world. So the alternative section used to be amazing. You did you really did it not woke. know what you'd, you'd figure out what labels you liked, what record labels. But well, other than that, you were like, I don't know what the fuck I'm taking home.
1: So a lot of a lot of uh, uh, stores didn't have like um, punk sections no. back in the day. No. Hell no, they do that now. Yeah,
3: no, there wasn't a punk section. It was no, just I mean, some not. did, I'm sure, but most of them it was just it was alternative. And punk, mm. punk would be. And, I mean, we, there was a lot of shit from indie labels. Like I told you before, when we were talking about music saving our lives, I've already said it on a previous episode, I've written it a thousand times, but Chuck Mosley and Original Faith and More saved my life. They got me into music, and they introduced a lot of stuff to me, which I shouldn't have said that cause their second album's called Introduce, Mys- Introduce Yourself, but still. The, <laughs> but their first album, We Care A Lot, I didn't know anything about buying music, but that was, their first album was on Mortem Records. It was the first release from Mortem Records. That's like an indie label, and... It was at century plaza and mm-hmm. i just went there you go to it you're going to a chain music store you went to camelot music and in the alternative sections all these like indie labels next to major labels because major labels would sign these indie acts just to kind of make themselves look cool yes. at first and then they would kind of then after they started striking oil yeah. <laughs> with nirvana and pearl jam and Soundgarden and all that shit, then they were signing up everybody so i mean so the alternative section was amazing because you really... I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of shit. Like I said, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they, they had some okay stuff, and they were a lot better at the time. They seemed they seemed more exciting at the time.
1: So um, you guys met at the mall, right?
3: At, in the parking lot yeah. of the Quintard Mall.
1: And how did you end up playing bass
5: with Adam? Oh, yeah. Tell so us. Good. So um, we...
3: I don't know how we reconnected. We kept bumping into each other. So I bumped into you when I was still living in Pell City. I, had, I wasn't going to JSU yet.
2: People were just... Weirdos were hanging outside of the Quintard Mall in Anniston just smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And they'd be walking around the mall, and you'd kind of recognize each other and be yeah. like, oh, he he's a freak. Yeah. I I'll had, talk to him outside when I see him smoking.
3: Yeah. I had mall security separate me from a guy with a mohawk because we were scaring the hell out of the customers. That's so awesome. He used to
2: kick out kids, you know, if they yeah. looked too much like Marilyn Manson or something. Yeah. <laughs> they, would, they would ban them, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's where we met. And I just remember we used to – Hang out at his apartment. Yep. For all night long, we would just talk punk rock and, man, I've really missed you over the years. <laughs> yeah, I like, actually, I like sitting around talking. Because we've him. just kind of like didn't miss a beat. We're no. right back on it.
3: Yeah, we went we went into a, a, a pattern for a while there where we get back in touch with each other every couple of years. So it's like, oh, good, Randy's still alive. That's good to know. <laughs> but that's, yeah,
2: I fell in love with like Green Day pretty hard. And then, I got their first couple albums that were on Lookout Records. Yeah, and which
3: I I, I consider that to be their best stuff to me. Yeah, I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think as mm-hmm. a I think well, I mean, I think they grew as artists, but I'm liking I guess I'm liking them better when they weren't who they were intended to be. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I like hating them as more. Than I, I love I even I like, even I like their hating new them more than I hate them. I love All Green
1: Day, and I like uh, Pinhead Gunpowder. I like I like I all, like all of it.
2: Um, well, you know how I how the backseat virgins sound got so influenced by that Ramon's core stuff is because of Lookout Records. Yeah, you. Because when home. I went back and got all those old Green Day albums, we just started buying every band on Lookout you Records. Every, you had
3: everything on Lookout. Yeah. You had, didn't you have a Lookout shirt? You used to wear Lookout. Oh shirts yeah, dude.
2: Yeah. Like we started with like the High Fives. We got the Queers' first album. Uh, which we just thought was hilarious was songs like "I Want Cunt," yeah, "I Like Young Girls," yeah, you know, it was like that is so disgusting but funny as hell. Yeah, I had the and I had the
3: queers beat off, and I remember uh, that's taking, a good record. I remember, I remember <laughs> to, I had the cassette, and I remember taking it to school, and that blew people's minds. That I had a first of all, it's like the queers huh, beat off, and if, yeah. the kids in Pell City they automatically thought you were gay if you jerked off anyway. I bought that CD that so on a weird. youth trip. Yeah, yeah. I, like, my youth
1: director just looked down at that CD when we walked out of yeah. the mall, and he's just like,
3: "Yeah, because everybody—it has everybody like flipping off, like at yeah. the front too. So there was just nothing acceptable at school about that thing. You flip it over, and mm-hmm. you're just looking at the the song lyric, song titles, and it's just like, and then, but then here's the thing that was mind blowing: is I. I carry my boom box with me when i could to school anytime mm-hmm. anytime i could and i'd carry all my cassettes and everything like if we had like a off day or I would, I would do stupid shit like i would do just good enough to be they had it worked out where if you had your grades good well, if you had a c c average but you didn't miss any days you could be exempt from exams mm-hmm. but i would still go to school anyway because school's great if you're not having to do school stuff <laughs> so I just go to like the art room or whatever and I bring my boom box or the uh, I just contradict everything we said about school a second ago <laughs> but school is good if you take away the school that's what I would say take away the mm-hmm. if it's just a big place to hang out it's not bad
2: I wish I did so I had gotten involved with like band or something you know yeah because I just I, wasn't involved with no, anything I, I so I, I had sucked. I had no no, no outlet really no. see I, yeah, was I was in
1: like, high school band but that was a way for me to get out of gym class yeah. but anyway but what people, you yeah,
5: yeah I was in band and, and that definitely like made it yeah, a little bit better. But just having like something to yeah. do. Playing, yeah, playing playing
3: the Queers beat off on a boombox in there. That <laughs> that that blew people's minds further because the, the cassette sounds like shit. It doesn't have a good sound. No, it's, it has like a. That's really, just
2: not. It wasn't. It a has really, a good mix album. Yeah, it's a
3: very like muffled, it's rough. It's dude, at, well, I mean, it, good. when you're playing on when you're playing on a cassette, it sounds like your cassette's messed up. Like yeah. it sounds like it's like kind of like it's damaged or something because it's so muffled sounding. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. that's what I like about it. Yeah. But, or one of the things I like about it, but when you play that shit for, you know, a guy who's like, you look like one of them devil worshipers. I like Metallica plate, you know? And
4: yeah. Just like,
3: what the hell?
2: So that, <laughs> so yeah. We bought all those old queers albums. And then, uh, the, uh, don't back down album came out and, uh, got it home and it sounded just like the beach boys. We were so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, a few days later, gave it another listen, and the rest is history. Yeah. I fell in love with that power pop Beach Boys meets mm-hmm. the Ramon sound, Oh, yes. and I was just,
1: I mean, that was all I listened to for probably 10 years after that. So, after Board of, Educa- Board of Education, what was your next project you went into?
2: Uh, that's where I went into the Nicotines and NC-17 which was the same
3: band we just changed the name yeah that's what I reconnected with you when you had the Nicotines like the second time I met you you had a cassette that had the Nicotines first demo on it which Mm -hmm. I still have at home
2: well we were me and my brother were walking around Oxford Lake at the 4th of July fireworks Mm -hmm. and Neil Casper was also walking around he was from Ohatchee and uh he saw like a we had a lookout shirt on or something and we had like a mutual friend or something that introduced us and so uh board of ed had just broken up um well i didn't really say about the end of board of ed there um yeah i never knew how it ended the metal and pop punks thing started causing problems in the band because uh me and adam kept going like down the like poppier 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 and then metal guys kept wanting us do heavier 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 (laughs) and uh, and then uh, Daniel Sartain joined the band for the last couple of months he was like this 15 year old greaser that we met outside American Beat (laughs) and uh, we just thought he was so cool looking and uh, he loved Board of Ed because it was it was kind of like Board of Ed was comical in a way like it's these kids screaming about their high school experiences and their teachers, you know. You know, we would call our one of our coaches a uh, pube-headed bastard. And he'd just be screaming that in the middle, like a breakdown yeah. of a song. <laughs> and I remember Dan Sartain thinking that was the coolest thing in the world. So he was in a band. He performed with us like once. We played uh, whatever that little place is underneath the plaza in Birmingham at Five Points. And then after that, we just kind of, I don't know, just kind of stopped playing. It fell apart there. And um, when we met Neil and his brother Carl, Ryan, my brother, was just going with me one day to meet him days later after they'd seen us walking around the park or whatever. And then Neil's brother Carl showed up just for the fun of it, too, when we met. So the band was really just going to be me and Neil and go from there. Mm Mm-hmm. So we go to practice, and Ryan puts on the guitar, yeah. and Carl puts up the bass. Brought your and, brothers. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, so yeah. two sets of brothers, and we just started playing. And
3: You know, it was a long time before I realized that that Neil and Carl were brothers. Yeah, Jeez, they of brothers, like, like, that's yes. pretty cool. I didn't, know yeah. that, I didn't know that at the
2: They don't like, look alike at the time. Like no. me and Ryan. It, yeah. wasn't, it
3: wasn't until, like like... A little while after I knew you guys, yeah, like you, you and you and Ryan were very much like a lot like me and my brother. Like you see him, you know, everybody goes Adam and Drew, And yeah, be like be like Randy and Ryan, yeah, <laughs> walking together. There they are, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, so we did everything together back then, man. We we were in the same kind of music, pro wrestling, you know, everything. But um, see so yeah, we went to that first practice with every intention of just me and Neil and we were going to find some other people and so we jammed out and it worked out and um, those two guys were more into like the fat records Mm. bands and Mm. me and ron were more into lookout so we kind of combined the sounds of both and so the nicotines was uh, that kind of a sound really you had like the fast drum beat with kind of like the sensibilities of uh, pop punk bands yeah sounds Uh, fantastic (laughs) yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had our moments, and then, um, and then we kind of started really getting into bands like Alkaline Trio, Hot Water Music. Those are two of my favorite bands. Saves the Day, New Found Glory. I love those bands as well. Um, all those bands on Vagrant Records and mm-hmm. stuff. We you know what you would call emo today or the yeah. bands that sparked yeah, that things, movement you know. like the get up kids and sunny day real uh, estate what do you think of stuff oh, like rights of love spring
3: the get up kids things like that rights so, of spring that was, that of was
2: that around at the same time no
3: rights of spring would be like a little bit before then it was
1: like
2: oh kind of around like sunny day real estate yeah that's and like uh, they were 80s they were like
3: they? discord
1: oh i
2: thought they were was a they
3: were place. like the beginnings of like the discord kind of emo stuff i mm-hmm. never knew they i don't
2: i don't think stuff. i was much into that uh the thing was like i think what turned me on about that uh those bands on vagrant was they were kind of pop punk yeah mm-hmm. but they were kind of serious too yeah. and so we were getting a little older at that point like you know 1920 so like relationships with girls and stuff was a little more serious mm-hmm. so we kind of got into that um and that's why we changed the name to nc-17 and started playing that kind of music yeah uh we were super influenced by a band from gadsden uh called the angry housewives oh yeah uh, later changed her name to gainer yeah oh um, i've heard of gainer but I they were incredible heard of uh we
3: I didn't know they were the same band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, I'd, yeah. heard, I'd heard of Gainer, but I was more familiar with Angry Housewives.
2: We were super influenced by them too, so we kind of took the sounds from Vagrant Records bands and um, and took that too. And you know, we even kind of liked bands like Goo Goo Dolls. You know, yeah. some of the mainstream the early, hits early like Brian Adams and stuff like yeah. the stuff. It was kind of yeah. rocking, but yeah. also it was kind of emotional, you know, um,
3: the Goo Goo Dolls you weren't hearing on the radio, especially the earlier stuff was kind of, it wasn't, it was punky, but it wasn't punky. mm -hmm. Like they would, they would repeat the same lines and you'd be like, like they're, they're kind of cheating punk rock style on the song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We even kind of like the Gin Blossoms in a way. And when I first heard the Parasites, I, I was thinking about Gin Blossoms. I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like Gin Blossoms, but in a punk rock way. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, we, we had a lot of local success with nicotines and N C seventeen. Oh yeah. we uh and we released some stuff and um we were gonna put out a I guess it would have been our third album is N C seventeen and Neil and Carl kinda weren't they didn't think that we had enough, you know, great songs to release a full length yet. But me and Ryan had like twenty, thirty songs ready to go. Mm-hmm. so we uh borrowed That's the awesome. recording equipment and brought mm-hmm. it over one day me yeah. and ryan recorded the entire album that was my vision you know mm-hmm. and they were like oh you know there's like two or three good songs on there man yeah. and so around this time so when i touched base with dave parasite he was living in pennsylvania and he was needing band members and so um we we're like, well, we can't really leave home right now, but you want to move to Alabama, you're free to. And he's like, okay. And we we're like, what? <laughs> 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 we're about to be in a huge band, you know. I know you guys probably don't know much about them, but they were associated with like Lookout Records yeah, too. They, were, they they were, they were on Go Kart Records, if you ever heard of that label, with like Luna Chicks and. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah so they. They had done a lot of stuff, uh, toured Japan a lot, Mm -hmm. toured out of the country. uh,
3: Yeah, that was one of those, like, when I heard you were were with them, I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. How the hell?
2: (laughs) So I kind of sat down with Neil and Carl, and I was like, okay, here's the songs we recorded for the third album. If you guys don't like it, I'm going to tell Dave to move down here. (laughs) And and me and Ron are joining the Parasites. And so he's like, yeah, I'm just not that into it. I was like, okay. No Weird thing. About ten years later, Neil and Carl fell in love with the demo, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've talked about it ever since. Like, oh man, we got to re-record those songs. You know? And
3: Sometimes when you're too close to it, you know, they might have been attaching other stuff to it. And other yeah. Yeah. And
2: I mean, there was tensions at yeah. that time, you know, but. It was the best stuff I'd ever written and probably have ever written since. Hmm. I might give you guys a song to play or something. Yeah, Definitely. And that demo, yeah, it's never been released. I think mm-hmm. we might have passed it out to some friends and yeah. stuff. But um, anyway, so Dave moved down, and this was around time we started uh twelve thirteen, which was um, originally called Room 213. Hmm. So, everybody knows Aaron Green. Yep. Um, he was living there at the time. Um, he's the guy that ran um, Syndicate Lounge in Birmingham. Um, so, he had told me that the local death metal band, Trocar, I think they were from Gadsden, weren't they? Or were Jacksonville. I can't, I can't
3: remember. They were somewhere. Maybe in Jacksonville. They were somewhere in the general area, I know. But
2: they were getting huge. Yeah. And they had a practice space out in Anniston and they were looking for like another band to come in and practice and help them with the rent. Mm-hmm. And so I talked there and I was like, I wonder if they would let me do shows there. So we went down there and talked one day and, uh, Dave and Mike from Trocar and they were like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. Um, and they were just into death metal, you know, they didn't like anything, anything death metal, and, uh, so, I was like, what do you want to call this? And they already had it chosen. They were like, room 213. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, that was Jeffrey Dahmer's apartment number. Oh. Yeah. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so, I didn't tell too many people about yeah. that. But, <laughs> 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 but um. Originally, this building, it kind of looks like the Alamo outside when you look at it. Um, But when you would go in, it was kind of like three separate rooms. Uh, It used to be like an old penny store, like going and get penny candy back in like, I guess, 50s and 60s. It's an older building. And um, so we started packing out the place um, originally. Uh, I had the Huntington's play there. Um, they were a Christian pop-punk band that did pretty well. They actually went on to win a Ramones cover band contest at CBGB's. Oh, yeah. wow, that's cool. So they got to uh, actually perform with Joey as the Ramones Whoa. there at CBGB's. So that was kind of the first big band I
5: booked. Yeah.
2: And then uh, we got some footage of people just going like, tear down the wall, tear down the wall. <laughs> So the next couple of weeks, we tore down the wall and opened up the room a little bit so we'd have more room. And then uh, the guys from Chokar stayed in for a little bit longer, and then they just kind of lost interest. And They are like, man, if you want to keep the building, you can, you know, whatever. Just don't use the name. No. And I'm like, "Hmm." So the address was 12 West 13th Street. And I was like, well, that's close enough to 213. Mm-hmm. Let's call it 1213 Rock Shows. And so from that point on, it was me only. And I needed somebody with a sound system since they were leaving with that. And uh, so that's where Carl from NC-17 comes in. And so... We were partners in the thing right from that point all the way to the end. Dave Parasite, when he was living here, me and my brother just weren't really mature enough to, we didn't know what we were getting into, you know. That was a real band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, and I quit out of frustration after a few shows and, Ryan went shortly after I did, but Dave stayed around uh, living in Anniston with Carl, and he helped me get a lot of great bands there. You know, he doesn't get mentioned as much, uh, but, you know, he got the Travolta's there, he got me the Teen Idols, he got me all those great pop-punk bands, Squirt Gun. So, having him there really helped the reputation yeah
3: I bet, yeah
2: and so the word went around all over the world and i was getting at least 20 packages 30 packages uh press kits a week oh, Wow! i still have boxes and boxes of stuff some stuff still in envelopes you know it's it was ridiculous but the thing was there wasn't a lot of local bands to support no. the touring bands that were coming through mm-hmm. And so that's when I started to backseat virgins. It was just going to be,
1: hey, I need a local band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it. a very Adam thing to do. It's <laughs> like,
4: somebody's yeah. got to do it, so I'll do it. You know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so
2: we had that. And then there was a band from Heflin, uh, the Yellow Five. And they came out and played. They weren't that good when they first came out. But they brought like 50 people with them. Really, it was like the biggest turnout we'd have ever had at, up to that point. And so from that point on, like local bands just started sprouting up around that time.
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, Babylonius monologue played out there. I remember them talking about playing out there mm-hmm.
2: under that name?
3: Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> hmm. <That's> an interesting.
3: <laughs> now name. they're uh, now the version of them is now a gasoline tank. Oh, it's a. Uh, jason and jessica from pirate nights
2: yeah yeah a lot of the bands a lot of the local bands these kids were from like Tuscaloosa and Birmingham, and they'd be like in 13 15 years old it was an all-ages space you know so we let whoever come in if you sucked it didn't matter you know we gave everybody a shot from alabama and georgia i I
3: feel feel like that's how it should be you know yeah you know especially all-ages venues i've seen some that was something that put me off with uh, I'm going way back. Okay. I remember going over to to watch Nicotines try out to play at CD Cellar. Billy, really? we tried out. You tried out. What's his name? So really Larry
2: remember. May, the owner of yeah, CD Seller came. came
3: He came over to y'all's y'all's space to watch y'all In practice. In Yeah. Came wow. out, came out to watch y'all play. Wherever that was, I couldn't remember where it was. I know we went out there because me yeah, and Kevin, that's where we were Kevin went out there. Yeah, because you guys came out. Yeah, quite so, a few times. So he he came out there to uh, watch you watch you play, and he's like, yep. I think I'm recalling like, it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Aaron and the JP, they were gonna do the ta- they were gonna do uh,
2: tailgaters. Was it
3: tailgaters they were gonna do um, then? I can't remember. I couldn't remember if there was something before tailgaters, but I think it was Tailgators, like early version of Tailgators. and it was just them. And they yeah, kinda, yeah yeah but they tore they tore through a few songs and I thought they were like fantastic I mean you know the, I felt like you guys clearly had it together better which was definitely the case because they were mm. kind of starting but they were they were great and I remember I remember him being like yeah you guys can go with them. and I remember mm-hmm. thinking like how odd because it's just a well Aaron was actually working for Larry at yeah, that point so it's just like I was thinking like how odd that that like you're picking that this other band can't play it's like it's just bands playing or a oh, That's a shame. I'm like I'm like, let the kids play. And I was like, oh. I thought they were fun. I don't know what I've ratted him out. You know I just, ra- we, I just ratted Larry we out really like Larry. years later.
2: You know, mentioning Dave Dave Parasite, I really need to mention Larry May too, because um there was absolutely nothing going on um prior no there was no to twelve to thirteen. Nothing.
3: Let me say this. I'm gonna interrupt with this. Kay. Let me interrupt you. <laughs> absolutely absolutely. There's a reason why I've never set foot in Brothers Bar. Okay. Because I, I was completely anti-Brothers when I lived out there at J.C. Now I'll go to, I will go to Brothers. Well, was it
2: just because of jocks and stuff? No,
3: it, well, that didn't help. But, you yeah. know, remember mm-hmm. I was going to J.C. I was walking around with, like, a giant sketch pad that said frat guys suck on it. You know, <laughs> so so there was a lot of hippie bands yeah. were playing but there. There was a, a lot, lot of uh, Matchbox 20 wannabe bands. Yes, and, yes. And, yes. And, like, metal bands were turning into, like, that stuff so but yeah uh what happened was me and ash nagasaki all dressed up in our fancy clothes we were prone to do we (laughs) (laughs) didn't dress normal like i do now
2: uh, (laughs) no they did not
3: no so we went to brothers and we uh tried to give whoever it was from there i can't remember it's been so long a demo and he like looked at us and wouldn't even take the demo (laughs)
4: <laughs> that's like, amazing so, I
2: mean the like, owner Dan Nolan or was
3: this just I mean it's been so long ago I can't remember who the guy was or anything the dude straight up was just like ha uh, yeah no <laughs> no we don't no it's fine no it's like well you want the demo Was like no it was like, what
2: about 92J too we need to yeah. bring that up as well, well I the got, radio station of Jacksonville yeah like they would have, they had some pretty cool shows on at yeah, the time
3: yeah they got some good uh bozeman and and the mule you know yes those he gave my first band the mostly harmless some radio play he played our our cassette but the the heads were dirty on their tape player yeah and they they played the cassette and i mean our cassette sound rough anyway but we played (laughs) so in love and it sounded like shit (laughs) it was like it was like it was worse than that like i'm talking about like it was muffled way worse than that queers album it was like and he's just kind of like yeah and we're like that's not what it's supposed to sound like, like, no, it, doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like that kind of shit yeah. and we we made him play it again and it was the second time it was good but yeah because uh, we'd go out there and hang out there Aaron would come out there and i remember Aaron one time we heard all this like hollering and screaming like way off in the distance and Aaron comes speeding up in his car and he's like huh, huh. And it's like, what was that? It's like, I was just doing donuts outside the frat house. It's like <laughs> <funky donuts. laughs> and it's just like, and then you drove over here? <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Because, see, my dorm was, like, right across from from the JSU station. So I could just walk across. I Man. loved
2: what they did at 92J, but I was the same about brothers. I wasn't really into that either. They just didn't. Oh. It was like they'd bring driving and crying in once yeah. a month. And yeah. that was kind of the big deal. Yeah. Constant. Yeah. Um.
3: They had Ethan and the Ewoks. Yeah, like I said, creative writing. That's the
1: a evening. local act here. They had like the Velcro Pygmies when I was there, and then they had like I think Devils Got a Hold Me get played, and I didn't know who they were at the time. And my only friend was like, are "You come to the show," and I was like, um, "What kind of band are they?" He's like, "Ah, oh, they're kind of like metal," yeah. and I was like, "Totally not a good representation." So I yeah. ended up going, and then uh, Kill Baby Kill was the only yeah. other band. That's the only time I actually made well, it see, out. See, that's
3: the brothers. thing. Brothers later on had better bands. But yeah, it did,
1: did, I actually. It, and apparently had some better bands
3: day. before then, I guess. They because they'd had like not that I would have just loved to see a ton of metal bands, but apparently they had some like metal bands. It seemed like
1: there. a but, frat bar dive,
3: to yeah. Me. I mean, it was, it was, it was
2: hippie. There was a lot of hippie kind of bands going on at the time, yeah. uh, like Sand, those guys were really awesome, but they uh, yeah. they kind of brought out that kind mm. of crowd too, like yeah. people that were really into corn and stuff, mm. that kind of crowd. You know, there wasn't a demand no, there wasn't. for anything other than that, no, no. so you can't really blame. I mean, you
3: can't knock them that bad, but, you know, yeah. when you're yeah. pissed off 19-year-old Adam Harmless. They definitely weren't weren't <laughs> yeah. trying
2: to, no. you know, reach out to any kind no, they, of new they, genres they of music either. Yeah,
3: that, that, the guy was a douche with me. That was the only, that was the only thing. That, and I don't even remember who it was. Shit, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It could have been, like, some guy who had nothing to do with the place. Might have just been, like, a door guy. Yeah, it could have been. He, he was, was like, no. no but I can't remember who it was. It had to have been when they weren't open or something. I can't remember how we got to them. They had probably called them ahead of time or some shit. No telling.
2: But I can tell you, the first time I met Larry and Aaron Green was in the same meeting. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Ryan Haynes said, yeah, they've opened up a new record store here in Linlock. I want to come down and check it out. So we went We went in, and Aaron and Larry were behind the counter. And Aaron was like, you're in the nicotine." I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm in a band called $7 Socks. You're about to have some competition. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's they, a they fucking were, awesome. They band. were so,
3: bless their hearts. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, I love you. When <laughs> they started, <laughs> it was you, sloppy, Aaron. man. But, when they but, started, yeah. But Aaron, with like his early bands, would be like, we're so great, except for this one guy. And we're about to kick him out. And then they'd kick out somebody and be like, "We're so great, except for this one guy who's not really there We're gonna get rid of him. <laughs> and it's like, but then, like after a while, I swear I was waiting for him to be like, "Man, I'm out." <laughs> <I just laughs> was so it I was, was me all along. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was waiting for that. But he was always so. But he was very pro what they were doing. But there was always a weak link that he was. It was always funny to me. But I mean, you well,
2: know, ended up he he was out. Yeah. um the lead singer, Chris Wagner, moved to Tennessee, found this amazing drummer, uh, amazing guitarist, Luke and Sal, and they had some great success yeah. in Nashville. They were like, they'd uh, hooked up with like this promoter, and they I were mean, packing not, out like a 1,000 people I a mean, show at the skate park. Just even,
3: even just wandering around out here, $7 Socks was just hot stuff, because we, we used to make fun of them. <laughs> it's just like it's just like it's music for it's like it's like just they're gonna play to a bunch of teenage girls
2: they were like mxpx yeah everybody yeah. was attractive the girls yeah. love them yeah um but i loved them yeah i thought no, they were. They weren't i weren't thought they, they were fantastic.
3: fantastic but they actually i actually liked them better probably than their influences like I yeah really, I, oh they absolutely up, they, they were show. I
1: um, make yeah. fun of a lot of bands that yeah. are my friends' bands that I love, and I love yeah. the people in them.
4: But.
2: yeah, I wasn't a fan of MXPX that much. No, um, MXPX,
4: I'm wearing that, I'm wearing that <laughs> shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. that MXPX shirt. Dude, MXPX. he knows that he uh,
2: the lead singer played um, Smoking Moose a couple of years ago.
1: Oh yeah, Mike, that's cool.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Which I, was even cooler. My brother and. One of the guys from $7 Socks were in a band together at that time, and they had talked to him previously before the show. and yeah. like, hey, we're huge MXPS fans, and y'all want to play? You know? Yeah. And so they got up there and did some MXPX songs with nice. him. It was pretty amazing. That's awesome. He's a cool dude. So yeah, there's weird little shows like that happening in Aniston from mm-hmm. t- year to year, you know? You remember in that
1: movie, SLC Punk? Yeah, that,
3: that we, movie we changed watched, my life. Movie, I think we probably watched that movie for the first time together. I yeah. was in fifth grade
1: when I saw that movie. It changed my life. It was a great movie. It was yeah. a no um, turning back after that. After yeah, watching the film, <laughs> yeah. Did
2: you know I had the band from the live scene? Play twelve thirteen a few times. No nice. way, really. The eight
1: bucks experiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, dude. Because I, I used to have to, I, I had to find theirs, like who they really were and everything online. That's who really they cool.
2: really were was kind of strange. They had that one punk song, and the rest of their songs were like a bar band. Yeah, they
1: weren't a punk band. So did they have that song recorded before the film, or did they make that song for the film, do you think? I don't have that knowledge, but... Because that's what I was always wondering. But
2: I can tell you, when I booked them, the kids thought that was a big deal. They kind of packed out the place. Yeah, Yeah, that's a shit. uh, That's badass. They started off their set with that song, Yeah. and everybody would go crazy, and then it went and kind of like just mainstream rock bar rock i would call it i was really surprised at um the difference there but they were super cool super professional um we had them back several times
1: that's awesome i i would that's so cool like it's really surreal and it's funny that you're talking about all these like you know bands that were my heroes growing up and then just mentioning the band from slc punks the one that blows my mind it blew
2: Um, my mind at the time (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's where the
1: songs called fuck off and die
2: you yeah, know that's the thing when somebody says like what's the most popular band you had there yeah it depends yeah, i mean, your perspective I is, mean they, you yeah. know to you it may be the eight bucks it yeah. you know?
3: <laughs> seen by more people probably huh? i mean a lot of people saw slc punk it's, oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
1: Cause I, I had known pop punk and stuff, you know, before then, and I'd known like the Ramones, the Clash, the Pistols, like, you know, I just got introduced to them. And I saw that movie because my friend, like, he was really into MXPX and shit. He was just like, "You gotta watch." <laughs> I just noticed you're wearing a yeah, MXPX <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
4: shirt, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, no,
1: that always happens with us, but um, you know, and he's just like, "You gotta watch this fucking movie." So we like watched it, and then like my. The Guys, uh, whose bass amp that is right there, uh, Brandon Wilt, you know, we we're just like, there's no fucking turn back now. We have to punk rocks the rest of our lives, you know. <laughs> like, but yeah,
3: we, we were already entrenched in it. But we watched, uh, I remember we, we watched SLC Punk and Orgasmo, those were our big movies that we watched. We watched I loved we, Orgasmo, yeah. We watched the shit. I, I rented Orgasmo, we made a bootleg, South Park, Orgasmo.
1: yeah. And then now you're my man. Oh yeah. man, yeah. Man, you know, and man. see,
3: nobody, but, but nobody believed me, like, people would, I mean. Randy did; he'd go for it. But like a lot of people, are like, why are you renting this piece of shit? And I'm like, no, it's great. I don't know if I, like I would like it
2: now. No, it doesn't. But hold as up. like a, s- a snickering teenager, yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, And there's still some funny stuff. The running jokes aren't as funny in it. Yeah. Know, but just
1: give me a sign scene. Is yeah, the best. Yeah. That, that But there's still there's okay
3: up. stuff. It's still okay somewhat. But it's, yeah. Basketball holds up. Basketball's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> South Park guys, but the guys who did airplay. It was okay. You'd think, you'd think it would be, well, not the guys, but one of the guys. Uh,
2: I liked it at the it's, time. It's okay. I don't okay know if I would like it, it now.
1: I caught myself accidentally quoting it like two days ago. because was like, what have you been up to? And I didn't want to answer. So I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's around playing video games. <laughs> yeah. So if I hadn't been playing music for the past 10 years, what have I been doing?
3: Yeah, where have you been? Yeah, well, what's been happening? Tell me. Talk us. I've watched a Talk lot of us. movies.
2: All right, and I've done a lot of studying online, right. um, and going down weird conspiracy holes, and Ooh, rabbit holes. What do you think about conspiracy theories? Anybody got any weird ones um, that you believe? Like the ones I believe. You're looking. Adam's looking at me like, yeah, I'm uh, not a conspiracy I, believe in any conspiracy
5: I, I want to
3: believe in conspiracy theories, and I never believe hardly any of them. And I hate that. I hate that the right has stolen stolen our conspiracy theories. Yeah,
1: they have. They've used it like... But um, the,
3: their conspiracy theories, that used it like... Chemtrails was not a, a right-wing conspiracy at one time. Chemtrails mm-hmm. was just like people were wondering about them.
2: Let's yes. go around the room and say yes or no on some popular ones. Okay. Okay, Chemtrails. Adam. No. Am I, I supposed to say more?
1: I'm also going to say
2: I don't believe it as well.
4: uh
0: I don't.
1: I don't think it's an intentional thing, like the chemtrail thing. Like I don't think that, that they're trying to, like you know, spread demonic spirits or whatever it is people say, or they're turning I mean, the, the chemicals frog's gay. trying to get us cancer. Yeah. I don't believe. I mean, it's all on it has to be
5: true. <laughs> um, what about you, Andy? I'm, I'm gonna go full in on this one and say yes. All right, <laughs> tell us why. Tell yeah. us why. Oh, okay. No, Even I'm ironically, if you want to yeah, tell yeah, us why, right. just, That's just everybody said. So yeah. Know, if so it's
2: controversial and be you believe it, say it. it all right. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, we'll just go from there into the uh, the weather changing uh, devices. Kind of that's kind of along the lines the of the chemtrails. the
3: chemtrails. stuff. I think they're okay. I think weather changing devices can happen. I don't think they're currently being used. At you least not used in a way that would do anything.
2: You think they have it? They're just not using it. Yeah, I mean, I mean I think is, we you, we
3: have the science worked out to do it. Mm-hmm. We just don't do it. I mean, we we already could be changing weather stuff just by like how we would direct our like jet liners going across the ocean and stuff. Like Mm. that would change things. So we all need to
2: do that. I'm on the fence. Yeah. Because weather has been weird in Alabama the last several years. Yeah. And that could be global warming. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. But it has been a lot of weird weird things in the sky. Weird cloud patterns and I
1: don't know. I can't okay. even do anything yeah. done outside. How about you guys? Uh, oh, sorry. No, uh, it's fine. I, I do think it's in the wrong possibility, like, because there's so much, you know, as far as uh, advancements go that we don't know about that they that people don't want us to know about, like, the general public. But I also think climate change is also just as or more plausible. Um, but, I mean, there are some, mm. like, California is on fire right now. You know, like, we have extreme temperatures, and we have extreme temperature changes, and why that's happening is why I'm not a science major when I'm discussing this, but uh, yeah, I, I do mean, believe it's, in it's climate entirely change. possible.
3: I definitely believe in that.
5: That's Adam that saying that. I yeah.
1: I don't really consider climate change a conspiracy, though. No.
5: Yeah. Um, I was just putting that in there. I think yeah. it's... <laughs> since, you, since you mentioned it. Since I mentioned it. I think it's possible, like... I just think, like, if, if we'd really changed the climate, I mean, like, why, why wouldn't we have done that, you know? Like, why, why wouldn't we yeah, already, like, weather I mean? Stuff, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I feel like our weather would have been, like, less crazy. It would have been more stable. Like, our weather would be more stable what? if we could change the weather, right? I mean...
1: I don't know how you feel about this, but um, I think the general uh, opinion on that is to create fear in this area.
4: But I'm not yeah. sure. I mean,
5: that makes sense, I guess. What have you if heard about like, that if kind of conspiracy? it kind of ties in with, like, an Illuminati I mean, kind of thing. It, it, like, you're speaking
2: about the, uh,
1: the changing of the weather.
5: Like, would it be used to, like, create Well Why would they do that? And
2: I think they would use it, I hope. I look for the best in people. Mm-hmm. I hope that they are coming up with it for countries that have major droughts you know, um, see, that would be amazing. like think be, about yeah. Africa where you don't get a lot of rain and you don't have a lot of crops and people are starving to death. I think that's why
5: they're starving to death. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see how it'd be very useful. Be be very I mean, that would be very be useful. That'd be awesome. And then in, like, you see, the United all, States, there are places like in, uh, in the middle of the country where there just doesn't get a whole lot of rain because you don't get that Gulf moisture or like from the Pacific, the moisture coming in where it doesn't. Rain that much, but also like like you're talking about, you know, people just don't have like water to drink,
2: or if we could um, kind of disperse a really dangerous hurricane coming up and kind of split it into two or something, where it's not going to be as bad. Like not have another (laughs) Katrina if we saw one coming up and it looked really bad, and we could mess it up a little bit.
3: The thing is, I, I could see scientists like they could be looking at, well, this could end up causing problems somewhere else. And there might be so many minute things that even they couldn't see.
2: A Oh, it would turn so it, into a weapon almost automatically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And be like, okay, I'm listening to a hurricane instead yeah. of my troops. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, that's where like drone strikes come in because drones, you're not you're not using up your troops when you're doing drones. hmm So it looks it's even more horrifying to the people who it's being used on, but for the people who are using it, it's like, oh, this is nice.
1: Yeah, sending a hurricane someone's way sounds like <laughs> something like like Saruman would do, you know, in Lord of the Fucking Rings and shit. You know, it's like, holy shit, dude, if they have that technology, is that magic or is it technology? It's gotta be I mean, that's intense. You know, what, what like I don't know, it kinda blurs the lines like with Thor, you know, when he talks about in those movies you guys hate. Um, and he's like in Asgard, the stuff that you call science would be called magic. I don't know, that's that's an interesting concept I haven't really thought about um, is people being able to manipulate the weather. But there are a lot of good things that could happen. But every time there's something cool that could happen, someone's like, could use that as a weapon.
5: <laughs>
1: it seems <laughs> right. to there's be. There's tons like, of stuff on YouTube about it. Just like um, with
5: artificial intelligence.
1: I mean, if they can pass the Turing test, humankind will be over. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, we, if we make them powerful and, uh, like, you know... Kind of self aware.
3: Well, here here's my thoughts. Okay, if we have a artificially intelligent robots walk around doing stuff, because we, we wouldn't want to just have okay, we wouldn't want to just have robots walk around doing stuff because that's creepy. Like that thing, <laughs> like that thing Honda made. Like nobody wants that that. Oh, that thing's nobody, hilarious. Nobody wants that weird looking piece of shit. The thing that falls house. over or whatever. No, no, not that, not that weird thing. Oh, there's the dog that, thing. There's, no, there's like this one thing that just does this weird little walk with his legs, and he looks like this cute little robot. But you see him. Walking all fluidy, and you're just like, "Ew, I don't like that. <laughs> but the more we ch- we'll be like, okay, well, let's try to humanize them. And they're going to look like video games, which mm-hmm. video games, as nice as they look, still look like shit when they try to do real people. You might be impressed with them now, but in 10 years, you're still going to be like, you're going to be like, no, nah, that doesn't really look that good.
1: I don't know. Have you seen the new, uh, like, humanoid bots in Japan? Yeah. It's pretty they're intense. They're pretty yes. intense, man. So,
3: But when they, when they walk around and really start talking...
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's this what I'm is saying. Just, They're not gonna look right. This is just normal sitting down that's conversation. What I'm yeah, like it's gonna be kind of like yeah. that movie Artificial because, Intelligence.
3: We so we use so many muscles and our bo- our skin is so elastic and everything else. Mm-hmm. So here's what happens is we wanted to evolve that because we got to get rid of that uncanny valley because that's creepy as fuck. You don't want some mm. non-person person walking around just looking crazy at you. <laughs> their face, yeah, their face not moving right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll work on that. Eventually, we're going to get better at it, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're going to end up with robots with artificial intelligence that look exactly like people. Eventually, we'll have that, okay? And then we can boss them around and tell them what to do, and they can do all this crazy shit. And we'll be comfortable with it because we'll be like, okay, they're not really really people, and they're not freaking me out because they actually look like people, and I can do whatever I want to with it. Now, we're not hurting real people. But you could basically just grab your sex robot and just obliterate it and do whatever (laughs) the hell you want to, like a sick who-knows-what, and people Mm -hmm. would do that. And people could use the argument, well, at least they're not doing it to real people. Oh, I never thought about that. It's just like video games, yeah. But but here's the thing we're looking at, though. The people, we're still having people who would want to do these horrible things to something that looks like a person that Mm -hmm. would want to do that. Mm -hmm. And eventually we'd build up the artificial intelligence to where – it'd be very close to a person. So basically what we'd be doing is eventually going back to slavery.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's exactly It's going back to
3: slavery, but we've made our own slaves.
1: And then the Cedar Revolution would be somewhere.
4: Because well, I mean, uh,
3: these, these slaves would be not just powerful because they've been purposely and deviously bred to be stronger. These mm-hmm. slaves straight up will outwit us, you know, outnumber us. And, mm. I mean, it would just be something easily wiped out, you know, mm. they so, could just cut off our oxygen and we're dead. So, wow. very, very exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. Well, that's why we need that weather machine to take out those damn robots. <laughs> <with them bugging. laughs> so, everybody's always like, there's going to be
1: a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, nah, dude, the robots, dude. The robots
3: are the zombies. Yeah. And when I like that when they keep walking in the sun all day chasing us.
1: And the weird thing about it is, I get excited. Like I'm like, my job's about to be taken away. We're all gonna get killed. But robots yeah. are cool. Well, that's that's, that's, that's one of those <laughs> it's classics. Like, Damn it, I deliver pizza. Uh, I just, man, I'm screwed. Yeah, it's <laughs> gonna be. That's the flying around uh, shooting pizzas in the windows. The sad
3: thing of, of our capitalist society, and I actually do not have an answer for this, so I'm not gonna go too political with it because I don't yeah. offer any answers whatsoever. But it is mm-hmm. kind of fucked up that we live in a world where uh, it's a bad thing that. Uh, Machines are taking away
1: our jobs. Well, yeah, the Jetsons promised us the opposite.
3: Well, I I want machines to take away our jobs. Mm -hmm. We don't want jobs. Yeah.
1: What do you think about our downfall first? Will we escape into some virtual reality, or will um, we create humanoids that we will uh, torture, and then there will be a new uprising? Dude,
2: you may already be in virtual
4: reality. Uh, Elon Musk, you (laughs) motherfucker. What What
1: is
2: consciousness to begin with? Yeah. What if you're you got a little headpiece on somewhere and you've been doing this for how long you've been alive in this world? When you die you wake up and they go, How was it? And you're like, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> oh my god, what? I would have been
1: like, It that's fucking a- sucks, play some good music. <laughs> like, um
2: That's
5: another conspiracy theory. That's
2: um the whole Matrix thing yeah. and everything that goes along
3: with that.
1: Yeah. Are you a simulation?
5: A yeah. simulation theory, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's well,
3: there's right. also the people who walk around and they think that there was variations of it before, but it, it has become more specific since the Truman Show, where there's people who walk around and they think they're living in a TV show. God, the Truman Show so, is so fucking. Good. So they go and they just like look at like like they're looking at mirrors and holes in walls and stuff, and kind of winking at it like. Well,
2: yeah, consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's man, like man. I spend hours and hours <laughs> watching <this>. stuff <laughs> yeah. on that but that's, and that's reading reasonable. on it.
3: Because, I mean, as far as I know, as far as I know, you guys are just actors who are put here to, in, to interact with me. Well, everyone, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're feeling. When I hit you, I don't mm-hmm. feel pain. I mean, I feel joy when I hit you. <laughs> but, uh, I don't, but I don't... I don't, I don't Kicking your ass is as ki- a gateway I, I, drug, I man. I careful how I say it. I'm like, I don't feel anything when I hit you. Yeah. That sounds like a sociopath. <laughs> I feel nothing when I hit
4: you. <laughs> yeah. but,
3: uh, but, no, like, I don't know... What's going on? So you guys literally could just be some program that's doing it. But I'm that to you too. Everyone's yes, a, everyone's a, a hero. Sociopaths and other people like that have problems. I have no
1: them. evidence that any of you guys are real. No. And we all want to be the heroes yeah. of our own story. We, we all want to well, be the protagonists too. Well, you
3: mentioned so. earlier that we just pick up right where we left off. Well, it's really easy to do if I don't exist. Hmm. I just start the program up. You know, they just like aged me. They fatten me up. Put some and brain I.
2: In I so, love. I could that. go hours on consciousness, <laughs> yeah. man. That is, I, I I study that all the time because, like, I've had some major health problems over the last ten years mm-hmm. too. I've had. I was uh, going
3: to ask if you wanted to talk about. Sure. Sure. I should have asked before I put a microphone in front of
2: you. Uh no, I'm an open book, pretty much. I really am. Like I said, if if somebody has issues like my own. I would like them to hear somebody that's kept fighting and living through it and still feeling good about life. Um, Yeah, I had a heart attack in 2009, 2010 Mm. when I was living in Austin, Texas. Uh, It was after the tour we went on with Backseat Virgins and the Queers. And the band kind of fell apart. And me and Nita, um, she's the other singer in Backseat Virgins. We started out as lovers before... Well, actually, I heard she was a singer through a friend. She came over one day. I was in Model Citizen at the time. And uh, we had stopped playing a little bit. And I was like, I think I'm going to bring back another version of Backseat Virgins in Birmingham. Mm. I was like, I kind of want to have like, the Virginettes mm. have like a little... Like a few '50s like dancer girls in the back singing vocals. Pretty Um, badass. And so I met her at the upside down plaza through a friend, and asked her to come over and audition. And um, she had a couple of Batsy Virgin songs. Came in and sang. Uh, I started singing instantly. She had these amazing harmonies, and I was just like because I never thought I had that great of a voice at all, really, a punk rock voice. But when she sang with me, man, I was like, this sounds good. So I immediately was like, do you want to be in the band and just forget this whole backup singer thing together and just do this? She would never heard any punk rock at all. Hmm. Her favorite singers were like uh, Whitney Houston she studied that stuff when she was a kid. Like she'd sit in her room and sing Whitney Houston all day and favorite band with the Cranberries. Mm. She really wasn't into the music in the beginning, but she learned to fall in love with it, yeah. you know. She loves some pop-punk bands now.
3: Well, I guess that's how she was able to contribute so much, so that she's coming at it from a different angle.
2: I think it's a wonderful thing to get in a band with somebody who's not exactly on the same page as you, but they're they're uh, they're open, yeah, to what you're doing. That's how I am with these dumbass. Because every <laughs> every leader of a band has a vision, and I think everybody should kind of go with that vision. Yeah. But if they add their inspiration, what, what makes too, them special about it? Yeah, that's what makes the band special. Really, that's what makes them different from yeah. any other band. And I think. When she came into the band, that's when things got serious, because we didn't sound like every other band. Yeah. Kind of sounded like Teen Idols a little bit, but. Not a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the songs weren't really exactly like what they did, and um, it was we fell in love, and she was still living at home at the time, and she would just like come over to my apartment, and We'd spend days together just we'd buy a bottle of whiskey and just sit and talk about everything. Like we're sitting in here talking. Mm -hmm. That's what we would do. We'd go on deep subjects like all day long, just sitting in the bed, looking up the ceiling. Like I'd found my soulmate. And um I back then I was dealing with I was still dealing with stuff from high school and dealing with um becoming popular when I'd never been popular before,
1: yeah, yeah, and so it's especially when you have anxiety that's a strange feeling,
2: yeah, um, that's a weird thing. We'll touch on anxiety again here in a minute because yeah. I really wanna tell you how bad it was in high school, but yeah. mm-hmm. with with our love affair man i can I can tell you now I've never loved anyone like I love Nita, she is like. I've never had a sister. I have two brothers, but she's like straight up a sister at this point.
4: Um,
2: But I could see like later on in life if we never find the one. Yeah. I could see us sitting on the porch together at 80 years old, you know, and go ahead and get married. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But uh, she's so talented. She is easily the most talented songwriter I've ever met. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever kind of listened to her stuff, the Sister Sniffle stuff, and uh, yeah. I don't know I've uh, reviewed it. For and Boringham. she's doing yeah. Boringham now too. Um, but anyways, back to what I was saying. I was I was a little, I was getting a little popular with the ladies in Model System. Model System was kind of like the biggest band in Birmingham at the time, uh, and so. I'd never cheated on Nita, but I would flirt with girls like crazy at shows. Yeah. And it was just like, I couldn't help it just because I never had that attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making excuses because that's,
4: yeah. mm-hmm.
2: I'm saying that's the mistakes I made mm-hmm. that led to us breaking up. And it was a pretty nasty breakup, but we kept playing together. But by the time we went on the queers tour, we were both, like, just really messed up about it. And we'd been broken up a few months. So we both kind of went crazy on that tour. I bad. And was... there's Mike's crazy ass, the drummer, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mike got, um He videotaped everything.
4: Okay. And
2: man, it is... It's, <laughs> if we release that, dude... We'd be instant celebrities. It's that, it's that crazy. I really doubt everybody would sign off on it, but yeah. one day I would kind of like people to see it because it's basically a band's dream coming true at the worst possible moment. Yeah. Um. So when we came back from tour, the band was never quite the same after that. No. So that was super crazy emotional with the breakup and and the tour and everything and so back in the day before like online dating became really dangerous
4: yeah mm-hmm.
2: in the beginning it was kind of innocent
4: yeah
2: and um so after we broke up I met this girl from um, Dallas, Texas and I just needed to get out
4: mhm
2: so we'd known each other for a couple of months, and we, uh, she was going to move to Austin. So um, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to move to Austin with you. I flew her out to see me in Birmingham twice.
4: <laughs>
2: I saw her twice. <laughs> and then we moved in together in Austin. And that was in 2008, like right after the tour. And um, when I got there, running away from your problems does nothing because once I got there I was horrible to her like I just sat there and got wasted every night we never explored Austin never went I mean occasionally like south uh, Southwest we go see some bands and stuff but I mean she was a she was a good girl to me yeah and uh, I don't know it's just it didn't work out and I was I was drinking heavy 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 we're talking about like
1: still reserves, you know. You ever mm-hmm. have one of those beers? Like, oh yeah, the next morning is the worst part of it.
3: When the remote, Texas like Ramones made advertisements for them. They did. they did.
2: They did.
1: Yes, they did. I've seen that. Yeah, that was wow. a really cool thing. Ooh. Thanks for lightening the mood there. Uh, um, they tear my asshole up. That's what they do. Stomach. Uh, <laughs> no, the Sorry. still reserves, man. I couldn't stomach them, but yeah, they were like too. two or three more percent.
2: <laughs> More alcohol in Texas, like you could get them really strong there, oh, wow. and I'd drink like a twelve pack of them a night. Right after work, I would come home and do that, and smoke like two packs of cigarettes. And we had this amazing apartment where, on on the balcony, you could see downtown Austin, and the interstate was just right there. And I'd call up all my punk rock friends, my heroes and stuff mm-hmm. that I'd had phone numbers to, and I'd just call them like. Talk to them for hours, boring the shit out of them because I'm wasted, you know? <laughs> telling them the same stories over. <laughs> but they were so cool to me, you know. They would sit there and listen. Like I'd love to call out like Perry Travolta from the Travoltas, Kepi gooly um, oh, wow. Pat Termite from the Beatnik Termites. Man, I'd call them and Dave Parasite. We just talked for hours all night long. Me wasted. Uh, the guys from Teenage Bottle Rocket. Uh-huh. And um, those guys were just so cool. To uh, they knew what was up with me at the time, though. Yeah. And um, so I started having these pains in my back. It felt like i had pulled a muscle, like left shoulder, mid back. And you'd even like mess with the muscles. You'd be like, "Man, okay, the muscle's sore." So I thought I'd just like pulled a muscle. And we'd visited Nashville um, because we were going to move there from Austin. And just all of a sudden, I had this crazy pain. Like, the pain was really bad. And I started, like, not being able to breathe. And I pulled over. And I never went to the hospital for that. So I don't know if that was a heart attack or what. And then it just started, like, being a constant thing all the time. So I just kept drinking, kept Mm -hmm. smoking to keep the pain away. And then uh, one night in Austin, I called Nita, and I was like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. Next day, uh, I woke up having those severe chest pains. I stood up, and the room started spinning completely crazy, and uh, I had to sit back down, and my girlfriend was at work, so it was just me in the apartment. We barely had a signal on the cell phones. So I had to call 911 like five or six times just to be able to get through. And uh, But you could feel yourself fading. I knew I was about to die because, like, the oxygen, you know, you're not getting oxygen in the brain. Um, but finally they got there. She got there. I called her. Um, what was really scary, this was – I've had two hard tasks but this was the scariest one. Cause when they got there, they're they're all like talking to each other, like, "We got to get his heart rate up. It's really slow." All right, guys, you know they're being like super mm-hmm. fucking serious, like. But I'm sitting there, very conscious. Yeah, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> uh, uh-huh. You know. But I remember the heartbeat was feeling like, you know, just barely yeah. go. And so they got me me out of there in time, and uh, I didn't have to have open-heart surgery. I got some stents put in. So after that, I started eating healthy, quit smoking, quit drinking. We moved to Nashville, and the relationship started falling apart there. So I started drinking, (laughs) smoking, and uh, we broke up and moved to Anniston back home. Uh, for a while to decide what my next move was going to be and that's when I had my second heart attack there so basically it's like genetics I guess I had um, Mm. uh, really high cholesterol Mm. and no medication will take it down yeah so um, but that's I haven't had yeah I had to go back for a third uh third uh surgery to put stents in i didn't have a third heart attack though but um now to recent days i don't do any drugs at all no alcohol no cigarettes i've been clean off of everything for about five years that's around awesome. five years
3: yeah that's good
2: but um i feel pretty good but over the last six months, I think I had a heart attack in bed a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, you know it when it is. Like, yeah. if you're like, ooh, I'm having chest pain, it's probably gas. Yeah. You know what I mean? just. Mm-hmm. But I'll just tell you this you know it. You yeah. know it. Like, when you have it, you're like, okay, this isn't
3: something I felt before, you know? Like, like a gunshot. When people say they go, was that a gunshot? That probably wasn't a gunshot. I've when never been shot, it. but when usually when you hear a gunshot, it's like
2: that was a that gunshot. Was a
3: gunshot. But if it's like firecracker, or something, right?
2: Like, you're yeah, was automatically you're like, yeah. this is a heart attack. Yeah, this isn't like ooh, I got pain in my shoulder. Yeah, or, you it's, know, it's like yeah. this. I'm having a heart attack, and so but I carry nitroglycerin with me at all times. And, That's uh, good. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, I've been fighting all of these demons for 10 years and now that I'm really sober and kind of got my life together, I'm wanting to put out as much music and anything as I possibly can. Um, I wanna create podcasts, I wanna do YouTube shows because uh, I know my
1: time here is very limited. Well, you know you have at least uh, three ridiculous people to uh, join <laughs> you in whatever ventures. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yep. people, people are great, man.
2: People reach out to me every once in a while um, with crazy ideas of reforming 1213 or uh, putting out an album, you know. There's some really great people that I've met. I'm sorry I'm tackling these really serious things, but uh, I've really been thinking about death lately. And not to bring this down, it's just like when you're faced with that, like you can't have two heart attacks and possibly a third Mm
4: -hmm.
2: without starting to think like seriously about how it's going to be, how death is really going to be. So, I've just been studying on YouTube all these, like, people that have died and came back alive. Um, I'm not a religious man, but I think it's very possible that some sort of consciousness continues. I'd like to think that the moment we die, we wake up in a mirror universe and wake up like nothing happened. Yeah. You know? Yes. It's kind of like I'm having a heart attack and then you automatically die. Yeah. You wake up with some chest pains. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, glad that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be with nice. no knowledge yeah, of dying. dying. Mm-hmm. And I think it's possible that that continues to happen over and over. And we may have been recycled billions of times.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's very Eastern and um, almost train of thought. And, you know, I also like you know me scoffing at religion earlier was merely just the organized you know version. oh of man, it. I've, I've been anti-religion all my life mm-hmm. and I,
2: the organized religion part is a, it's a scam.
4: Yeah.
2: It's a scam on poor people and uneducated people. Mm-hmm. but the, the, to, the, to take poor people's money mm-hmm. and to get rich. And I know that may be insulting to some people, but I've, I've been involved with non-denominational churches too, the ones that people go, "Well, you've never been to this one you yeah. know yeah I've been in the ones where you speak in tongues and have prophecies and I mean I've had it where you know we even our, our preacher, we would call him an apostle.
3: Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember you telling yeah, me about That's that. probably
2: where you were talking about the religion earlier. Yeah, yeah I, I started going to non-denominational church, and I really believe this was an apostle of Christ. Um, I was dating his daughter at yeah. the time. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I remember it. I
3: remember saying like, saying, like, you think he's an apostle of Christ. He doesn't want you dating his daughter, but you're dating his daughter anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's what's <laughs> up, dude. <laughs> he, he, uh, basically, I remember I asked her on the phone if she'd like discharge Oh, you talked to her and your mom wow. laughed. <laughs> That's, how it, was. That's how it was. I was like, "Do you like discharge?" <laughs> That's,
4: I just, that no, she was
2: she was as unpunk as you can get. Yeah. And she hated the nicotines and NC 17 yeah. but um, she was the worst girlfriend I ever had. She, <laughs>
3: well, I could just imagine. We yeah.
2: never saw each other
3: yeah. because
2: she really she also bought into the thing. I mean, it's her father. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're well, I mean, going to buy into that. Yeah, I
3: mean, yeah. I can imagine it. I mean, he, at age like... It, imagine her. She's like
2: 16, 17. I was like 17, 18 at the time. So she 100% believed it. I don't know about it today, but um, I still hold him in some regard in my mind, which is really weird. Yes, it's
4: weird. <laughs> because
2: I, I became, became an like atheist, it. like I guess shortly after we stopped hanging out, I guess.
3: Yeah, I would think.
2: I started dating this girl... Yeah, around 12, 13, I became an atheist, yeah. And uh, look back on it, on everything, and I was just like, whatever. But there are some strange things. Like, there would be like a prophecy thing at the end of each. I mean, we'd be in church for four hours. Yeah. Like, this was a long mm-hmm. Sunday church thing. Yeah, when like, Every
1: like week. 10 a.m., here's a croissant and like be I out mean, out of here 10 by 10 a.m., we'd come 11. in.
2: And we would dance and play music. Mm-hmm. Like me and my brother Ryan were in the church band. Mm-hmm. Like I'd play bass. They'd play like the music over the PA and we'd play
1: along to yeah. it. That's how I learned how to play in bands too. Oh, wow. And,
2: uh, and that's why I, never I loved play. it. I loved the non denominational church though. Uh, because they were open to homosexuality in a way. You know, it was... The doors were open for
1: everyone. Yeah, that is.
2: Very if you cool. were Baptist, okay. Catholic, okay.
3: Well, I mean, really, that's good marketing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell to somebody, you want to sell to the widest demographic possible.
4: But,
2: but it was, it was <laughs> an unpopular church. Yeah. I don't know. It's, we it was it's in so an strange. old parts yeah.
4: house. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Old parts house, and uh, I mean, maybe filled a hundred people at most. Yeah. And um no snake handling and shit no, like I mean, that. But I mean no, that's, like
3: that's that's uh where Jesse hangs out. Oh okay. Oh Sand Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> on that I, sand Old Mountain. My, my mother in law was on the City Confidential about uh the snake handlers. Really? Because yeah, she's she was a uh at the time a local uh radio celebrity in Scottsboro. Huh. That's why Miranda, my wife. Yes. You know her. Yes. She uh she can never listen to these podcasts because her parents are DJs or used to be DJs. Mm-hmm. So she would lose her damn mind hearing me talk and not be anything resembling a DJ. She'd be like, what the fuck is this? this <laughs> garbage. My,
1: my mom just, when she listens like to it, she's just like, you've got to get better. Uh, you got to... Be like more like Stephen Colbert with your interviewing. You need to, <laughs> you need to be able to direct. I'm like, well, okay, well, he's been doing stuff yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let Adam
3: trick you into saying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it has a lot to do with your guest. Your guest
2: needs to bring it too, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: That's true.
2: I blame the guest. I blame the guest. <laughs>
1: I'm just like, I mean, you know, the, you, there's so much, like, to talk about with you like because there's like i mean just this the crate that you brought in i mean we could have you on so many times to just talk about certain little aspects
2: i've been wanting somebody to bring me on a show so i could like talk about what's going on in my life so long like and people would offer and stuff it just never came through um but this is cool because We've been talking for a few hours and I feel like I got some new friends yeah. uh, all of a sudden. Definitely. It's like we've man. been friends forever now. Yeah. I mean they're not good, yeah. but they're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right, we're sure. here, we yeah. show up. Yeah. <laughs> I we hope up. that something I've brought today has been compelling enough, you know, to make people want to listen and give give you guys a shot. Oh, absolutely.
1: Definitely and we want to have you on more too. I yeah, think. if
2: you ever right. want to come back on,
3: we Oh have got room for you. You know we you know where we're he lives. Maybe yeah. I could be
2: like a special guest every once in a yeah. while, I'll come in and good. tell us some crazy stories. Cause, yeah, I mean that's kind of what I'm looking to do now. Like, I'm probably never going to be able to tour again. Yeah, if you're having health issues. I mean, I would have to have a roadie that does everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't lift anything heavy. I can't really walk up any stairs without getting chest pains. You know, so that sucks. Cause. Is that- Mm. I love touring so much, yeah. um, but I can still record.
3: Yeah, and recording's easier than ever. It's you as know, easy like, as mm-hmm. ever. The God, it is. Low, yeah. low barrier of entry. That's. I remember you talking about recording the first Nicotine's uh, demo, and then you guys were so happy that you figured out how to just record from the PA, like yeah, the PA the stuff. It was just like. This is so much because <laughs> it used to be it used to be hard to record. You used to have to, well,
2: God, yeah. I mean you know, if it was easy back then everybody would have had demos but Yeah. You know, it was like only a few bands had recordings mm-hmm. in yeah.
3: Alabama. No, until until we were using uh, Neil's Neil setup, you know, we didn't have a proper all our recordings were done on boombox. You know? All our recordings or a karaoke machine. We had a karaoke machine, we record a demo on that.
1: Even in like two thousand four to two thousand like 11 like a lot of our recordings were we had a video camera and we'd split the audio that's like all we knew how to do like, because we didn't have any of the equipment
3: yeah. but that sometimes that's you know you do capture an energy if you can hurry up and do that you know mm-hmm. this is a total tangent and we don't have time for that so <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway I love a lot of releases on Discord records but yeah. something I actually kind of disagree with. with I feel like a lot of their releases are more like capturing the band rather than like putting the band in the studio. Like it sounds like it's not a live recording, but we're going to capture this band as honestly as we can. And this is a, this is a documentation, this is a documentation of the band performing. And I feel like for some bands, mm-hmm. like even Fugazi, which everybody loves, I feel like I almost kind of wish Fugazi had like a bigger production, you know? I get that. Rather than like this kind of snapshot aesthetic, because it's it's still high quality. Mm-hmm. Even their old stuff is high quality recordings. So it's like high quality. I feel like they it's not capturing the live energy. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can see the live energy if you just watch like an old YouTube video of that back mm-hmm. to YouTube. You know, there's plenty of live energy, but it's like they lose some of that, and the studio makes up for the lack of live energy. But I, I feel like they don't take advantage of that enough.
1: Was like out of step. And like a lot of the minor threat records, is that on Discord or is that, did yeah. that come later? Oh, yeah,
3: okay. no, that's, the, that's like the first, well, not the first Discord stuff. First Discord stuff, their first band.
1: Uh, teen Idols? Mm. IDL.
2: Yeah, different E-S. Idols. Yeah. yeah, yeah. we've
3: been talking about other teen Idols. Yeah, sorry, right? yeah, those yeah. two different. That's why That's why I tried to say like the first it's band, band. band, yeah. yeah. Like, who?
1: Uh, teen <laughs> Idols. Do we want to talk yeah. about uh, paranormal or punk rock and wrestling? We barely
2: talked about music. <laughs>
1: yeah. <No>.
2: Uh, <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, I've had some crazy paranormal things happen to me. No. I don't know if I've told
3: you. Or... I don't know. You, we've talked about paranormal stuff. because I know I told you a long time ago about the ghost dog I saw.
1: It. Really? See, I've always what? been obsessed with that stuff, and I've the gotten ghost? more recently obsessed oh, with it. So by the way, I don't process.
3: believe in it, but I saw
2: it. I don't believe. I, you know, <laughs> I'm a skeptic too. I'm a huge skeptic. We love skeptics, so. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to skeptic punk rock.
1: <laughs> Fuck yeah! I mean, um, I'm like half, half like Mulder, half Scully. Like I, I want to believe in everything, and I will suspend my. Fucking yeah, <laughs> Scully. I will suspend my disbelief when people tell me stories, and I'll also be open-minded if I think an experience is happening.
2: Um,
3: what kind of paranormal stuff are we talking about?
2: Never seen any big eye aliens or anything like that.
3: No, all mine have been tiny.
1: No almonds no, eyes and greys yeah. or greens. I
2: think that's probably what they look like if they do exist, but the thing is I don't really think that uh, like the what is it called the Fermi paradox. If aliens exist why haven't we seen them yet? You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if there is uh, a race so advanced that they're able uh, to travel at fast speeds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would still take them millions of years to get here. Mm-hmm. So their species would be dead out. by the day. So they've either figured out wormholes or
1: time travel
2: or something, you know,
1: and yeah, everybody talks about the portals and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah,
2: so I, I kind of lean towards it's not aliens at all. And not demons. Like, a lot of people are going towards that now, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. You no, know, yeah. it's, it's the The YouTube demon. channels always go yes. towards that. But I don't think it's that either. I'm starting to wonder if it is dead souls.
1: Like a time repeating, almost? Like an echo? Yeah, in.
2: almost that, too. No. Um, You guys ever had a sleep paralysis
1: event? I've never experienced sleep paralysis,
3: no. but I've uh, heard it's terrifying. My wife has it all the time. And really? It's pretty, it's pretty terrible for her.
1: Has she... Well,
2: we don't want to talk about her. She's not here. <laughs>
1: um, but I've heard of people seeing beings, you yeah. know, and sometimes it's people they know.
3: She said pretty bad. They When they gave her... ooh.
2: Mm -hmm. you ever been in a room with her when it happened
3: uh yeah yeah and i've I've shooken her out of it without her like without knowing that she was in it you know Mm -hmm. hey honey and then i somehow managed to finally get her out of it it's
2: happened to me quite a lot but when i was a kid i'm more skeptical about the stuff that happened when i was a kid because you know
3: well we remember what we were we don't. Really I, can, remember I can't. I can't
2: even remember how we first met. No, so we don't, we don't
3: really remember mm-hmm. stuff. We remember that we remember it. Mm-hmm.
2: You remember so, the memory. Yeah, yeah
3: I, I remember that. I remember that. That we. That. That's
1: why memories are. You know, I mean. Well, that's why I mean, witnesses. Eyewitnesses, in, witness yeah.
3: Eyewitnesses suck in court because they yeah. just. You know. We've told. I've told the story. Before. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but. Uh, um, told them this multiple times. But when uh, Miranda was expecting our first daughter, we were uh, out on the main drag at, in Jacksonville, like in front of Winn-Dixie out there going towards the back. Yes. <laughs> and Miranda uh, stopped the car. She got out of the car, and she, she we were arguing, but it was about something minor, like we, like I'm talking about, like not even talking as loud as we are right now. Yeah. Talk to each other. But it's the disagreement. She, yeah. But she like stopped. She was getting, but she was basically we're stuck in a car. She's parking to get away from me. We're in a college town. Everybody's walking. It's not a big deal. She's getting out, walking on the sidewalk. And I said, well, where are you going? She's like, well, I'm going to go home. And I'm like, well, I don't want you walking home. It's like, how about we drive home and then I'll get away from you or you can get away from me or whatever. I just want to make sure you're safe because, you know, air conditioning stuff. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her and I told her I was, like, I apologize because I, I can't remember what it was, but you know this. I say crazy shit all the time.
2: I got to interrupt. Yeah. Why can't everybody do that? Look. We're having a major argument here. Well, I'm getting out of the fucking car. No, like, seriously, we, we're we disagreeing and we're fighting right now. Can I just bring you home? Yeah. Because so much shit can happen.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, no, I'm getting out of the car. And next thing you know, somebody picks her up. Mm-hmm. You know what I
4: mean? Oh, so yeah. That's so, good of you. That's yeah,
3: awesome. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, I love her. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, so I apologized to her and I said, I'm sorry about that. You know, so, I mean, again, this is like, she's, I don't know how far along. She was pregnant, you know, and, you know, there we are. we barely been together any amount of time, you know. And uh, she's going through stress. It's hot outside. We're in our crappy car and all this other stuff. So, but she sits down on this. I walk behind her, and we're talking. She's not mad at me. We're walking together. Sit down on the sidewalk. Or sit down, like, kind of in the grass, feet on the sidewalk kind of area. And all of a sudden, a police officer comes up. Hmm. Police officer parks nearby, and I see oh, a cop parking nearby, walking over. And I'm like, oh, I know the routine. I dress funny. Cops coming over to give me shit. So I'm like, all right, I'm getting up, you know. And then plus I'm like, okay, I guess we're loitering. I'm always, I was always aware of the rules and stuff like that. Yeah. It's good to know the rules so you know what you're doing when you're breaking them. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you know your handbook from front to back so you know the rules better than the teachers. Mm-hmm. So the cop comes up, and he's like, Step away from her right now. And I'm like, yes, sir. And step away. And he's like, ma'am, are you okay?
4: Damn.
3: So in the end, without me having to recreate that whole conversation, what had happened was in the time that Miranda, who was driving, parked the car, got out, walked, and I walked behind her, never even touching her. Uh, witnesses across the street had turned into I had dragged her kicking and screaming out of the car by her hair
1: wow
3: there was about eight witnesses who swore they saw that and told the police they saw that wow and you met Miranda good luck grabbing her by the hair and doing anything with her that she didn't want Miranda could have beat both our asses <laughs> Dude,
2: easily you were not a violent person
3: no no I make jokes about it, but yeah, no, but, but so, but I mean, honestly, I'm dead serious. If I had ever tried to lay a finger on Miranda, she could have killed me. Mm. She's she's a fighter. She's a scrapper. That's weird. Or she's not now. I mean, you know, she's like mom stuff. But I'm saying, like, you know, back in the days, you know, so that's what the wit the witnesses saw. That Cops said, like, maybe you guys don't need to be together. And, this mm. other stuff. and it it like it screwed up some of our housing stuff we had going on because. The lady who was was in charge of the housing authority stuff out there
6: came up to the witnesses, and they said that, and she talked to an officer, and the officer said that he had told us to leave
3: town, so she had, like, scrapped of our paperwork. So we had to start over from scratch, get a new home. I was all this crazy stuff. That's crazy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was nuts, because I was just like, like, I mean, it's not even like you could conceive of it being that, but I'm sure one person said they thought they saw it, and then people just turned into them. I mean, I don't think they were lying. I think mm-hmm. they just thought they—they they really thought. They, they saw
1: really it. thought that. You don't think it was like because of the way you looked or no. anything. No. I think it was just.
3: I'm sure some somebody might have said something, and then somebody misheard it, and then they all thought they saw it.
2: Yeah, like wow. oh, I think he was pulling him. Oh, I think he pulled it Oh yeah, that's what mm-hmm. he said. Yeah, he was pulling
4: him. Yeah.
2: Pulling him by the hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what happened. I saw him. They mm-hmm. were over there. Crazy. You guys crazy. ever heard of Elisa Lamb? No.
3: I don't think so. Really? Yeah.
2: That's the most perplexing paranormal event. Well, some people say it's not paranormal. Um I'm into true crime really a lot yeah. now too, which is weird. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching lots of unsolved mysteries
2: lately. So <laughs> uh you know those little like Top twenty, weirdest, scariest videos ever released. You ever see that shit on YouTube? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw this several years back. Um,
3: I think I know what you're talking about. Go on. Um,
2: mm-hmm. So this uh, Tell gr- girl from Japan, I believe she was from Japan. No, she, she, she was, was Japanese, but she was, she was from Canada. I was gonna huh. say, I knew she was Asian. Um. And she was staying in a hotel uh, near Skid Row. Anyways, she was at this Uh Hotel Cecil. Yeah, I don't know much about Skid Row. Hotel Cecil, just a couple blocks from Skid Row. Mm -hmm. And uh, really smart, um, honor student, um, college girl, normal. Um, I don't know what she was doing staying there. But anyways, she ends up going missing. And it gets crazy. And they review footage of the hotel. They start looking at all the tapes to see if they can find her. And they find out that she had been, they actually kicked her out of her hotel room. Uh, it was kind of like a hostel situation where they were, she was staying in a room with several other people.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And for some reason, she had annoyed them to the point that they wanted her out. So she didn't have a room anymore. But I guess this was the night after that. Um, They've got footage of her late night in an elevator. And it's the creepiest thing you'll ever see in your life. Actually, uh, American Horror Story kind of based... One of the seasons on it, the you hotel season.
1: That? Yeah, I haven't seen that. If you're talking about the hotel season, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, so. they based uh, no, they kind of
2: based it on that. Um. Anyways, the hotel the the footage of her in the elevator. Uh, she's acting really weird. She comes into the elevator, presses all the buttons. Um, she hides in the corner looking around she like peers out her head out of the elevator looks around like she's being followed or something the doors are staying open they're not closing a lot of people at first were like why are the doors not closing this is creepy paranormal shit but mm-hmm. I think she pressed Probably one of the buttons, the buttons. and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it makes that the door stay open low. for two yeah. minutes I yeah. think
4: yeah.
2: so between this two minutes she's hiding in the corner she uh she walks out of the elevator starts doing this weird thing with her arms out in front of her like doing her hands really creepy uh, like she's talking to somebody uh there's nobody in the shot uh a lot of the footage is pixelated like the the timestamp down at the bottom's really pixelated so you can't really tell if it's if they kind of took some Footage out yeah. and spliced it together. Sometimes her her mouth is pixelated, just really mm. creepy stuff. Okay, so that's all they got on her. And um, a few days later, uh, people started calling down to the front desk saying that the water was brown and uh, it had a funny taste, you know. And um, so they go up check the water tank and they find the Lisa. In the water tank. Oh, and she's been in there for like, think about a week. Yeah, something like that. Um, I know it was days. Supposedly, you can't get on the roof without the alarm going off. But this guy that I watch, um, he, he does really incredible true crime stuff on YouTube. Lord and Arch channel. You should really check it out, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But he kind of started his channel over this mystery. Uh, but he lived nearby, I believe, so he was able to go there. And he was cool. able to open the window and get on the roof without oh, an alarm wow. going off. Mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, anyways, they found her. Her clothes were in the water tank, not on her. She was floating face up. Uh, no trauma, no drugs. Hmm. Um. The the water tank lid was like pretty heavy too. She would have had to have put the water tank lid back on as she goes into this water, which is almost impossible to go behind you because there's no ladder in the tank. It's just splash. You're in water.
1: So nobody, what is? Someone else had to have done it.
2: Well, that's what you would think.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: That
2: maybe she's trying to uh, run away from somebody in the elevator, you know. Um, They rule it a suicide. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Um, And they find out that um, while they do an autopsy, Um, they didn't perform a rape kit. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was some pooling of blood in the anal region and... um, But, really, she was on some antipsychotics, but nothing like super serious, you know? She didn't have, like, super serious uh, previous mental illness. Just a normal girl.
1: Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot
2: to get into a water tank like that. But a lot of people say the way she was reacting in the elevator proved that she was having, like, psychotic break. Mm -hmm. But you just watch it. You're just like, it is some unnerving it's stuff. unnerving because is it's, the word.
3: It's, it's not, it doesn't, it's not right. <laughs> yeah. You're looking at it and it's not right. So it's, it's unnerving. It's
2: not. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot more things I've probably left out. Like, oh yeah, like uh, a disease that's in water kind of broke out on Skid Row that week. Not because of uh, her being in the tank, it was some other, I forget what the disease is. But oh, wow. um, but, but the a... test used to see if it's positive or negative, if you have this disease, is called the LAM-Elisa test. Hmm. Yeah. That's
4: <laughs> what? A, yeah. Just, that's a weird That weird just weird happened?
1: That, so it wasn't named after her? It was no. Just, whoa. Um,
2: and there's just little pieces like that all over this, just like super fucking weird. Ever since I saw that, like I went straight, into like paranormal again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though I was like uh, like ghost to me yeah bullshit no much. that's what
3: uh, me and Moran have been going back and watching uh, reruns fun soft mysteries right mm-hmm. and first of all by the way if you watched it back in the day it's not as good as it was then because what they did was they uh, they chopped them all up because they kept re- they would re-air them with updates and then they added updates all the multiple times they've been re-aired
1: Oh, it's weird. So,
3: like, if you watch, like, you'll watch one episode, and then you go, okay, and then they go, update, and you see the update. Then you watch, like, two episodes down, and you'll see uh, the original update where they gave you the update. Mm -hmm. So you're like, how many updates do I need? (laughs) (laughs) And you try to watch it in order. Now, you don't notice as much when you're watching it weekly, but when you watch them in order, you go, oh, most of the episodes in the first season take place in the same town in Oregon. And you see the same cops and stuff, and you're just like, I'm never going to go to that town. (laughs) And Miranda's been there, and she was telling me, she's like, it's not even that big of a town. Like, what the hell is going on over there? But you know what it was? They were on a budget, and they went Mm -hmm. there, and, you know, know, especially during the first season, they were on a budget, and they were doing it. But it's, uh, me and Miranda were talking about this, and it's like, uh, when we were kids and we were watching the show, like, there'd be, like, the stuff about, like, murder stuff, whatever, and it'd be like, cares yeah know. yeah i mean well actually, but if for
2: some kind of creepy yeah, component if the ghost
3: stuff we're like that's great but the parents would not care about the ghost stuff and be like well, why? why don't you care about the ghost stuff that's the good stuff but now we go back and watch it and i'm like nah, the ghost stuff sucks and i just see that guy i'm like that fucker's lying that they're just trying to get people to go to their bar to see the ghost <laughs> and i don't blame them i would do it but some <laughs> mm-hmm. of the stories are such bullshit you're like that's bullshit like that's not even like any kind of compelling ghost story. What
2: yeah. about missing 411? This, uh, so you have to this ex-cop, <laughs> he starts hearing about uh, these people going missing in national parks in America. Mm-hmm. And um, he starts finding that there's clusters in certain areas in America. And um, he goes, looks at them, and these unsolved cases are just really weird. Like, one minute, the person to be walking with 20 other people just talk to them next thing you know they're gone hmm. and you know they they searched the entire area can't find them a lot of times it'll be a kid yeah um the kid to come back and say you know they'll find him like four days later 10 miles over a mountain yeah like he would have had to cross over this mountain to get where he was found and they asked him what happened to him, and he like, well, I was with a robot lady that kind of reminded me of my grandmother. Whoa. And um, we were underground with all these um, people that kind of looked like humans, but they were robots. And um, she freaked me out when she asked me to uh, poop on a piece of paper. What? And uh, I didn't want to poop on a paper, and she got mad. And then that's all I remember until you guys found me. <laughs> You know, and it's just story after story of this yeah. weird fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's pretty creepy too. Yeah, I like pretty, that. that really I crazy. love
1: finding that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's I'm, incredible. I'm watching the the Lisa, uh, Lisa Lam. <laughs> How right scared now. are you right now? Uh, yeah. It's pretty tense. She's standing standing at the edge of the elevator right now. I've never heard about the people just. Disappearing. Oh man, you're yeah.
2: gonna go down the rabbit hole. Oh dude. yeah, we'll, it is. I've spent hundreds of hours.
4: <laughs>
2: I, I keep going back and forth on yeah. it. I'm like, okay, she has psychotic brick. Yeah. And then the next minute, I'm like, somebody in that hotel, maybe, maybe like one of the bellboys or something was I out there. I think someone had to have killed her, man. That's what That's I feel. I
3: keep going back. That's how I've always gone back to, mm. or at the very least, like, contributed to her death.
2: Yeah. yeah. Are they hiding maybe some people she was hanging out with at the elevator? Yeah. Maybe there were some more people that went up. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they went up partying that night on yeah, the yeah. Uh, top of the roof. Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: do you think she, they, they didn't find any drugs in her system or anything?
2: No. No. Um, just like slight amounts of the drugs that she was uh, prescribed. Not even what she was prescribed. And so they go, well. Uh she didn't have the right amount, so maybe that's what caused the psychotic break or whatever. her family like brought a lawsuit wrongful death against the hotel. Mm-hmm. They rebranded the hotel and called it like stay on Main and uh Yeah, I'm watching her do the hand thing right now. That's creepy.
1: He's getting serious.
3: Yeah, look at that, he's like, Oh, you've broken him.
1: Yeah. Well I mean stuff like this is like it's unsolved. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no. I mean that those are the
3: ones. No, that that's are what I'm saying. That's not that's not some ghost thing. That's like I that thought it was
1: kind of
2: ghostly when I first saw it. It is ghostly
3: it. when you look at it, though. It, it's mm-hmm. haunting. How about that? That's it's very haunting.
2: Yeah. I mean, but second thoughts, I think there might have been a few dudes in, involved with this. Yeah, so, I agree
1: with you. Yeah. Because um, people don't just wind up
2: and water, water tank. tank. Oh, here's another creepy fact. About two, three years before this happened, a movie came out with the exact same premise. Mm. Really? People in a hotel were complaining of uh, brown, dirty water. They found out a girl had been murdered in the water tank above the hotel. Yeah. Wow. There's just like little things like little that. Things. And that Lamb elisa test stuff. It's just fucking weird. And yeah it's really I fun. love that <laughs> fucking love that why did the elevator door open back up but I've been uh, <laughs>
3: see look at that see he's you he's, he got him I, <laughs> that's
2: all you're going to be doing for the next year yeah. and a half uh, uh, what's, bad. what's
3: bad is I knew what part he was talking about <laughs> yeah yep. open back up
2: and then the door closes right after she walks out that's mm-hmm. kind of creepy yeah yeah um stays open that whole fucking time and then the moment she walks out <whistles> yeah, they're saying I'm like maybe dead. it was the ghost of uh Richard Ramirez cause that's where he stayed yeah, wh- when know. he was the night stalker and, uh, notorious for like killers and crimes there a lot of women had uh jumped off uh windows there before really yeah, wasn't it yeah um uh, Lots of crazy history there. What was the name that? of the hotel again? Hotel Cecil. Hotel Cecil Hotel. Cecil hotel. Like with C E C I L. Um
3: Yeah, any of those old old hotels though, especially in a like a kind of darker, dingier historic part of town. I mean those things all have like crazy, mm-hmm. haunting you know, there's gonna be dozens of people who died there and there's gonna be
2: And then the smiley face killers. Yeah. yeah. Y'all know about that. Yeah, no. I'm kind of not as much into it as I was to begin with, because um, they like, s-
3: it, like in the Howling, the Howling had the smiley face killer. It was the happy really? Face killer. Is that
2: where it came? That's where they came up with the name for
3: it. I don't know. That's what it, they had. Like he leaves happy faces at all the uh, mm-hmm. murder sites, and then spoilers, it's a werewolf. <laughs> and it's it, it's uh.
2: What creeps me out is just it's the same as white dudes or or black dudes college age. Good dudes leave the bar early. They end up at drowning, and they'll be found like – I think you're when you drown, I think you are back up or front up. or yeah. I don't know which one it is, but a lot of the times they would find them the opposite way of what the natural way is that you usually are found. It's yeah. usually
5: –
1: back up right i think so yeah, yeah i mean that's what you, uh, that's what i see in films yeah. i think so i don't know you. god
3: that's weird um, three, y'all have some idea of what people look like when they drown uh, you've no,
1: watched not, plenty I'm of horror
2: movies I'm not going
3: with any of you fuckers. <laughs> i've been watching <laughs> way that. too
2: much real yeah. death on yeah you can find that on youtube yeah no that's not
3: right. so
2: yeah it's on there it's hard I, I don't watch any of that like Shit, where people chainsawing off Americans' heads and stuff, no. but like the creepy stories that are like have a paranormal twist. I'll occasionally watch it, and, yeah. and then accidentally listen to like a terrifying nine one one call or something. Yeah,
3: Whew. yeah I've yeah. heard some of those. So that's some.
2: The one that broke me up the worst was the other day. Man, I'm writing a song about it. I'm writing a lot, a lot of stuff like musically, Mm -hmm. that I've been writing this past year.
1: It's been inspired.
2: uh, It's a lot more serious stuff. Uh, And there's people wanting me to put out pop punk stuff. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if I can do pop punk anymore, man. I -hmm. I, I love it. I still love listening to it. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, but if that's not what you're doing.
2: I'm not even in i'm definitely not into the punk part of it really, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what really it yeah. kind of breaks my heart mm-hmm. but uh i think um i just i kind of wanna make uh more complex music
4: yeah. mm
2: mm-hmm. I'm not like saying like a virtuoso like more, lead like more guitar depth to it though yeah okay. like uh like complex drums and it's kinda of like what you heard with the Widowmaker E P yeah. thing. Thank you for the wonderful uh write up about that. Oh, you're welcome. I didn't think it was really anything at all.
3: Yeah, I was ha- I was happy to see see more out of you anyway, and then I was like, Wow, yeah. this is something something really different and um
2: Nobody responded to it except yeah. you.
3: Yeah <laughs> We we mm. all uh well me and Rob from Ramshackle yeah back in the day well Rob put Rob and uh, Brandon were uh, st- they did we already talked about it in a previous episode they, they did uh, broken Dixie records mm-hmm. they were they put out uh, heartless Dixie the um, skeptic record so they put that out and they were going to put out a tiger Hellside record all that just sort of fell apart with it. But anyway at once in a blue moon, uh, me and Rob will get back in touch with each other, and we still might try to put out the Tiger Hellside thing on, put the Broken Dixie label on there and stuff. But uh, every time I talk to Rob, it, usually it's on the phone, he was almost in Tiger Hellside. But everybody's almost in Tiger Hellside. So don't mean <laughs> <laughs> Andy scared him off. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Rob, uh, but every time we talk, somehow we end up going back to, he loves uh, bad religion. So it ends up bad religion but the other thing one, but there's two other things the other thing is somehow we always end up going back to the, the misfits in 1995 coming to Birmingham apparently we're both at that show and I'm telling mm. you it was such an amazing show even if you don't like the misfits you don't like that misfits they just had their shit together what was and it at five points out god that sounds amazing I mean it was, it was like I said they they just I mean they, they didn't stop moving the whole time like it, it affected my band at the time because like Ansel sitting back and just because Kevin me and Kevin went out and Ansel's just sitting there, like, "What the hell are y'all doing?" Hmm. So before we'd stand there and look serious and hmm. tough, and then we we're just like hopping around all over the place and shit, and they're just like, "What the hell?" So uh, I still watch those live shows from oh, that yeah. era. All no, the they, time. they were amazing. So, but th- so there's that, and then me and Rob, all, like, I'm telling, like, ninety nine percent of the time we talk goes back to the Hughes brothers. It's like Randy and Ryan. They need to do this. They need to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. they're really talking about doing Brooklyn Dixie's like we gotta gotta get gotta get Randy to put out an album on us on our thing or do a record on that and stuff. These,
2: See man, I would love to just start putting out stuff. That's all I wanna do now besides besides the non music stuff yeah. like the podcast and uh, yeah. video stuff and uh, I do wanna be putting out music left and right. Yeah. And uh, I've got tons of lyrics, tons of music stuff I've written this year. And um, I just kind of, kind of, I get canned down and out sometimes. I was like, man, nobody's going to want to hear (laughs) this. You know, so, but, uh, yeah, man. I would love to put out a lot of stuff this year. Even if there's just a few months left, I would love to put a lot out this year. Um, Definitely
3: let us know where to find it. And then,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll be, I mean, we'll be playing it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll play the shit out of it. Because, I mean, that's – honestly, I've never heard anything come from any any endeavor you've ever done that was bad. There's never been anything bad. There's been some stuff I like more than others. But it's Appreciate always it. been consistently good, you know. You know, like I, I liked the nicotines better than I liked NC-17. But, you know, if you knew me, it'd be but like – But that's you. you it's don't, like obvious, You never
2: really liked that emotional – Obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: when you first, You're the one who first told me about emo, and I thought I, – I was like, I think that's what I'm into, and I heard it, I'm like, No, that's not at all. <laughs> in, my, in my head, emo was going to be like, and of course, everybody who hears is going to be like, That sounds like emo to me because they're going to think of all the guys in mascara. And stuff. Oh, but, when people but, hear
2: on this interview yeah. that I like that stuff, yeah. the people that only know me for Batsy Virgins are going to be
1: like, What, what? the well, fuck? Yeah, you well, know, to me, there's not much of a divide but, between but, stuff like but, the get kids and.
3: But, like, to me, Emo, Dogs. I picture, uh, I don't know, like, somewhere between, like, I don't know, like, like The Cure, but rougher
1: re- with some
3: new cure. model army thrown in there or something. That's what I think it's going to uh, be. And it's not that enough. <laughs> no.
2: Now, um, all yeah. the bands that came after the Good Up Kids Now yeah. line trio, I can't stand it. Yeah, Starting true. with like yellow card and uh, I never all got, that I kind never of stuff. Got
3: got yellow card. I never got why people. I never got why people thought yeah. anything of yellow card. I like,
1: just well they like Ocean Avenue is catchy. Yeah. They almost played my birthday
2: show at really? 12, 13. Mm-hmm. They had a date pop up and just got in touch with me. I didn't know they were popular. Yeah. And somebody was like, with well, yellow card, yeah. and they're like, do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I called them back. I was like, yeah, sure. And then they canceled, uh, they had a radio show in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, pop up. Oh, they
3: went
4: for that.
2: <laughs> I was like, okay. A, I wow. think it was a big radio station or yeah, something. But um, but
3: yeah, I never, that's actually uh, why one of our songs, it, well, one of the reasons, I changed, I changed one of our songs. One of our songs used to be called Ocean Avenue. It was 112 Ocean Avenue, then it became Ocean Avenue. And we had demos, Tiger Hellside did, when we were starting out. And it was a leftover song from my version of the Brain Drainers. Because it was about the Amityville Horror. It's about the Amityville mm-hmm. Horror book, not the movies. Mm-hmm. And so we did the Brain Drainers. But Tiger Hellicide later on did the song. And Tiger Hellicide is not as subtle as the Brain Drainers. It's not very <laughs> subtle either. But as subtle as them. But... So we changed the name to like, oh, everybody kept saying, that's a yellow card song. And I kind of liked the idea of people thinking it was going to be a yellow card song. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really fun. So, but we started adding more lyrics to it because originally the only lines were, Jody running through the snow, darkness falling where he goes. Jody running through the snow, never see you again, you son of a bitch. A <laughs> <laughs> pig chasing him in the snow. And what happened was I was sitting around writing it with like, rewriting it with the Taylor Wills, the original drummer of Tiger Hillside. And it was just me and him. And I was playing on a little, I had like a portable practice electric. It had a built in speaker mm-hmm. with a 9 volt battery in there. So you just turn the knob and be like, dee, 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 dee. <laughs> but you could plug it in like a real guitar. Like yeah. You plug it into your hand and be like, no, 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 no. I mean, it still sounded like shit, but I was just like, I always thought that like I could just like take off my clothes and, and like put spikes all over me and then just play with that little thing and people would be like, that's like the real Guar. <laughs> Tiny little guitar. Anyway, but I added lines like uh Ronald DeFeo, the bad son, Family Counseling Isn't Fun. Ronald DeFeo told the cops once I started I couldn't stop and he loves his gun. So I, mm. I definitely took it more dark, violent. Yeah. Not the other one could almost be like a weird art song. You're like, mm. I don't know what this Jody thing is, but it's a reference to something. <laughs> Turn into that, you know, uh I mentioned the red room in it and I say like, uh mm. You know, talking about smelling like shit and stuff. It got dark. It got worse. <laughs> and then, uh, so because I took it to that extreme, I changed the name of the song to Amityville Horror.
1: I remember that. Yeah, okay, so it's out,
3: but that's every time you hear, it, like, I'm gonna watch a horror movie. People go horror movie, and it's like, no, I'm gonna watch a horror movie. Stupid. A horror. Yeah. Movie. Every a time. terror movie. So, but I made it Amityville Horror, and mm. they was it maximum rock and roll they said like cuz we we released it as a single like a different version of it was like it's a halloween single mm-hmm. for us and they were like you know that's not clever right yeah i remember <laughs> that review and it's like it's absolutely <laughs> not clever it's this, but in my head if you listen to the song it isn't like a dirty song no. i mean it's a filthy song but yeah. not like in sex sort of way mm-hmm. it's just nasty yeah. i love
2: finding bad reviews more than good reviews I know, me too those are the
1: fun those ones. Are so fun
3: yeah, so, that they, they didn't get but to me, Amityville horror, I feel like a horror is something that's supposed to be extreme. And I felt mm-hmm. like we had made that song took that song a little far for what it was. So yeah. But you were asking about the brain drainers.
5: Yeah. Who are the brain drainers? You the brain, brain drainers about them, was originally gonna is. be
3: Randy and I. And we were working on a uh, we we recorded some demos. I don't know whatever happened to those. I had a copy and you had a copy, and they're probably long gone.
2: They, but, maybe I have them, man, because I, I've helped everything. Yeah, look for um, them.
3: If you ever look for them, I wouldn't mind re-recording them. Because we had... Yeah. Uh, I remember some of the lines.
2: but I think it was just guitar and vocals yeah, it was that we recorded. Vocals,
3: and, but you had... Uh, we had Decapitated Casanova. Oh, let me we say what the band is first. Yeah. So, originally, you came to me, <laughs> and you were talking about starting a novelty band. <laughs> okay? This,
2: <laughs> a novelty band. I was band. really into the McCrackens at yeah, the time. Yeah, massive uh, into
3: the McCrackens. So, this is his hideously awful idea that I regret us not doing was his idea was everybody everybody would always say and they still do uh, they'll, they'll come up and say you look kind of like Billy Corgan
4: <laughs>
3: so the idea was Corgan's organs and I was going to dress up like Billy Corgan and everybody else is going to dress like organs from the body like different uh, bodily organs. That would be really Wait, fun, that right? was my that idea. Was your oh idea. my uh, god, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's brilliant! something Like, something like Corgan's organs. And that I'm sounds amazing. Why like, not? Let's do this. So, but uh, I don't know how we ended up talking further about stuff, and we were. I'm sure we're we're always talking about movies and stuff. So yes, and I had gotten more into the Misfits. I actually was not big into the Misfits in like high school and stuff. I so oh, wasn't really, either. They weren't really very important to me then. I got into them later on because I liked. I actually appreciated Danzig's early writing for him because it's kind of like just weird fucked up poetry. Yeah, put to Ramones. That's like that Static Age is pretty much that. It's like it's taking a Chainsaw from the first Ramones album. That's pretty much what the Misfits is. It's just chainsaw from the first Ramones out, and then <laughs> adding, and then adding. Uh, I mean, it has woes in it, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's about a horror film, but it's, uh, but the difference is it has like a guy with Elvis, Jim Morrison vocals, and he adds like weird arty lyrics that are also gross. And anyway, but we were talking, we were into zombie stuff. This was before everything was zombies everywhere all the time. Yeah. So the idea was that we would come out. We would come out to the stage, dressed like zombies. Yes. But the idea was that we would be like, like the most. We're talking like some, some Day of the Dead zombies, like like the third Romero movie, where it's just nasty, mm. disgusting, scary zombies. Like you're afraid we're gonna fucking bite you. We look yes. nuts. But then, <laughs> as soon as we got on stage, it'd just be like, what, uh, uh, just be awesome. just, uh, best like craziest pop punk all about being zombies yeah <laughs> that sounds amazing and that's, that's what it was so uh it's two of my favorite things but yeah so it. if wow. we never find that that tape it's great we did we did three songs it was the decapitated casanova <laughs> and it had lines like uh that one was more of a uh kind of like an old like rock and roll song
2: yeah yeah it had some 50, kind, of bass, 60's kind of
3: stuff. but yeah. it's like i'm a decapitated casanova casanova Head falls off, and he puts it back on. He
4: puts it back on,
3: and I mean, it had lines like "I lost my head for Uncle Sam when I was stationed in Vietnam." Could have been like <laughs> the mass yeah. intruder of its yeah. time. So yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember some of the lyrics. So it was stuff like that. We had thousands of dead. Thousands of dead are walking around. It was like thousands of dead are walking around. Try yeah. to hide, but you're already found. You Let <laughs> your body look like Kibble's head. <laughs>
2: You know, it was pretty cool. It was. was. I don't think we, we just didn't have anybody that could play with us at the time. This
3: barbecue is as good as it gets. And it had lines like, we've done everything you thought you could. You've taken over your neighborhood. We fed your fish, ate your mom and dad. We're Mm -hmm. not misunderstood. And then he'd come in, we're just bad. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it's so good. So it would have been a fantastic band.
2: I love novelty bands. Yeah,
1: well, like mask Intruder. Have you listened to them
5: very much? Um, now, is
2: that the guys from Teenage Power Rocket? Uh, I don't know, because
1: <laughs> no, nobody. So. I don't know. They, I'm
5: they
2: pretty sure that they probably are. You
1: probably know more about it than we yeah. do, but they pretend to be like uh, yeah, they, they robbers. Yeah, like their songs really. are all about like raping women and shit.
5: They don't really talk uh, about rape. It's more it's, like it's like breaking your house. And yeah, like, but they always. I know they're
2: Ramon's core band, but it's yeah. like in a horror kind of thing, and a lot of people yeah. have. Kind of copied that recently, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. But
1: uh, instead of actually tagging the girl, though, they always just pull their nods out and break out into song. Yeah. it's a, So it's like an ongoing gag that they're like, she's like, why are you in my house singing? Like, with those nods, get out of my yeah. house. I'm going to check it out. Fact, <laughs> uh,
2: pretty good. I stopped listening to Ramon's core over the last several years. And uh, recently I found some pretty good stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of bands I've noticed that got super popular over the last five years because when I stopped listening it teenage bottle rocket was kind of it besides yeah. the older bands that were still playing like the queers and groovy yeah. goalies the only band that kind of had made it was them because mm-hmm. they went to fat records mm-hmm. um, we were, I was really close with those guys we used to talk on the phone every night too um, and then Ray's brother died uh, the drummer, his twin brother, uh, drug overdose a couple years ago. Never got to say goodbye to the guy. Damn. I booked. I was booking um, the Syndicate Lounge the first. Uh, I guess it was almost the first year before it like became a bar yeah. where he was actually able to have alcohol. Yeah, we played. Mm-hmm. We
3: played at the first version. it. Uh, you booked us there with yes. the Go Go Killers. But with with who? The Go Go Killers. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Because yeah, 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 yeah. you found them on my, you said you found them on my list that yes. directory thing. But we put, but the problem is, is we didn't know this. We ended up playing against the. We've already talked about this on a previous podcast. Yeah. We ended up playing against mm-hmm. Skeptic and the yeah. Coffin Cats at another venue and Jesse and we went in to that show. Yeah, Jesse mm-hmm. went to that show instead of going to see Tiger Hellside. Uh-huh. And I remember the Go Go Killers, the uh, uh, Alabama Sharp said, "We're the Coffin Cats." Introduced themselves mm-hmm. like yeah. that, yeah. but and oh, I'm it, not going to talk about it at length but uh, basically what we did was we gave out free skeptic records at our show okay. well, while they were selling the records at oh, their show oh wow <laughs> yeah. so that's it because what it was we had that Broken Dixie connection there yeah. and, and we didn't realize they were going to be at the same day and oh, like, Rob okay. gave me a stack yes. of records and like give these out because I want I because want, you know Rob didn't care about money he cared about making a cool product giving his favorite band like or favorite bands uh uh, like vinyl releases, because he loved collecting vinyl and just get their music out there. That's all he. That's what he cared about. So that's what he did. But I've already, I've already apologized. I've already talked to the, I've <laughs> talked to the skeptic guys again since <laughs> then. Like, sorry, I yeah. did that. But it's it.
2: easy to get in a feud with people in bands because people are so passionate about their music. Yeah. Um, and especially people in like their twenties or younger. Mm you can make the slightest mistake by them and even if you've supported them like through thick and thin yeah. boy, sometimes they will not yeah. forgive you
3: yeah they'd be like I, I can't believe you turned on us like that
2: i've got some yeah. crazy enemies over some ridiculous things
1: yeah and it's just weird to me now that i'm like like old like don't, you know, almost hit 30. I'm
3: like, you just called yourself old, call a couple of fucking 40 year olds old. in here. Like, well, I'm almost old. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, I just, no,
1: I, just I can't, I can't 40 like 40 year olds. Fucking old yeah, man. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> I just can't see getting mad at another band for like, even if they like said that my band was terrible, I would just be like, okay,
3: yeah, it's that's fine. just how other, band, but well, other people don't think that
2: way. I had a falling out with teenage bottle rocket yeah. at that show because, uh, back then I, um, Okay, I have like arthritis too, mm-hmm. and so uh, after I stopped drinking and stuff because of heart attacks and stuff, I was delivering pizza, and stupid ass boss gave me uh, some painkillers, mm. and then that was it. I was like heaven. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. like I don't hurt, and this is the best high I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And then that led to me going hardcore on opiates for about two or three years. And uh lost a lot of friends during that time because I came, I became really uh, flaky uh, about showing up and stuff. Yeah. But just because I didn't go to their show that night, Ray called me and, like, cursed me out. I was like, dude, we're like brothers, and you're not fucking here at the show, man. Like, you know. Uh,
3: yeah, I was hoping to see you at our show.
2: Yeah, I didn't make it to many. He didn't do it. Th- that, was at, <laughs> that was at the height of yeah. my shit but, that was going on. But at the same down.
3: time, I, I was just like, oh, he didn't show up. Yeah. What a bummer.
2: I lost Dan Sartain over it. Yeah. I booked him in uh, Aniston when I was doing that Caldwell Tavern thing, and I didn't make it out that night, and he got really pissed, even though the millions of times I booked him. Yeah. Mm-hmm and had great success, but, um, yeah, lost a lot of good friends, man, over over that time period, and I don't, I'm not making any excuses, I just think yeah. that uh people kind of take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks, I wasn't there for, but, to hang out with them, yeah. and we get to see each other once, twice a year,
1: yeah. so I understand.
2: But um yeah, that sucked. But it's not a
1: <laughs> deal breaker, I mean life yeah, happens, be. you know. But shit with happens. the
2: independence. That shit's crazy with the independence. Yeah. Um That's before I, I was just drinking back then. That's right when I first moved to Birmingham. They'd played twelve thirteen a lot. They'd even done like a pool party out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I can't even remember what it was somewhere in Anniston. The girl from the Teen Idols was, like, dating evil at the time. She was there. It was just fucking cool shit. But nobody would ever come see them. Yeah. Even on, like, first time they came to Anniston was on the Tuesday, and they killed it, and they were amazing. Yeah, life. I never
3: got why why, why more people didn't seem to care as much about it. Because, like, the people who did care around here did care a because lot. Because
2: you could say, like, hey, Joe Ramon yeah. produced their album. Yeah, Joe Ramon was their... All right, oh, guys. So cool. Rapid Randy, yeah, you're nice. listening to Gadzine Gadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any final
3: thoughts, uh, Andy?
1: Any final thoughts, Adam?
3: I'm happy to have Randy here. It's good to see you again, old friend.
1: It's been great to see you. Been great to meet you guys. It's been awesome to meet you, man. And, and it's
2: uh, been great to get some things off my chest. And I would love to come back and do this again and talk about
1: music next time. Awesome I would love there. to have you back. Like I think, speaking for all of us, would be fantastic.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> I look forward to listening to it and hope everybody out there enjoys the episode. Definitely. We'll see you next
5: time This needs me- medication
6: <laughs> Oh
0: my God. You die, never seen You night. Well, you never, never seen a fight. If something never had, you can say right. Then you search in name, Miss God. Fancy, better, I say, well, better, I say, well, better, I say, well, better. I like you've never, ever seen a Something that the same This do this guy This is how you guy This for You've tried every single night, while well, you've never, never seen a fight. Something that you just seem right. This, this is not This is It's a crisis, one of us died and at the time, still all right, we we're social oh butterflies,
4: social so butterflies. So butterflies, and social so butterflies. butterflies.
6: The cat